coast. To the, into to, this phase. To the end game. Whatever it takes. And Imagine Dragons. Whoa, well, whatever it takes. Yes. I don't know the words that they're gonna play. <laughs> the Avengers combine. I don't know. Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast, where we discuss the world of film from a fresh angle. And now your host, Robert Yannis Jr. Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast. This is Rob. Normally on this show, we democratize the film criticism conversation by talking to fans and critics alike, talking about movies that they really love or that really resonate with them on uh, an emotional level, which is funny because this is a movie that emotionally resonated with both me and my guest. I'm joined again by the lovely Kai Yanis. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is another podcast in which Kai and I are talking about uh, a, a movie over a bottle of wine. So if we tend to get a little loopy towards the end of the conversation, that's probably why. And unlike the last time Kai was on, we talked about Office Space, which was really fun, but actually on format for this show. And this is a special episode where, of course, we are like the rest of the world talking about Avengers Endgame. So uh, basically, we t- talked about it earlier and, and then last night. And, well, no, 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 not the movie. I'm going to say we talked about it earlier, and I asked Kai straight up. I was like, so we're going to try and do a non-spoiler thing and then a spoiler section, right? And Kai's response was... No, that's not what you, no, that's not what you asked me. Oh, You said, okay. are you going to be able to talk about Avengers Endgame for an hour I was more without direct. spoilers? I'm like, no, I can't. And I don't think you can either. I don't There's, think you can either. I mean... I'll just if you say any more than all the Avengers are in it and they fight something, something happens. Yeah, if, I will just say that the trailer, anything, uh, if, I, I, we can't. It, There's nothing. We can't. To, yeah, the the marketing and I guess we could talk about that's like the only part of this movie that we could talk about pre spoilers. Um, the marketing gave away essentially nothing, and we talked about we've talked about this before. That Disney has been really good with um, the Marvel and Star Wars sides of things of misleading audiences or holding big twists back, big reveals. Um, and Avengers Endgame, I think, was the the epitome of that because the trailers are completely misleading and paint a picture of a movie that doesn't exist. Really, Chris Evans. Um, who you all know is Captain America, he even said that he was surprised that they were able to even pull off a trailer without spoilers because so much happened. Right. So everything in that you see in the trailer is uh, in, a, in, in a completely different context in the movie. And for the most part, except for some silent shots of people reacting to things, the like dialogue moments from the trailer are all, you know, Fairly early in the movie. That's not a spoiler to say, right? That's right. And I, we were even talking about this earlier that Disney must have some of the best editors in the world working for them because they really know how to put together a trailer. Like, it's so annoying when you go to a, a movie theater and, you, and you're watching the trailers and the trailer gives away everything. But then by the same token, you're one of those people that when they when they play it too close to the chest, usually you're... You're like, I, I have no idea what this is about. So, but this is a franchise that we know what it's a Avengers, this thing, some dude, spoilers, 
snapped his fingers and killed half that of was everyone. A good snap. Thank you. I'm glad I got it on mic. Uh, and killed half of everyone, and now the Avengers are avenging that. So, so the, we were big fans of the marketing and the fact that they did not reveal anything because this is, as everyone's discovering, we're recording this the Friday that the movie's coming out. We saw it Thursday night. We'll get into our viewing experience in a minute. As everybody's discovering, this is making all the monies this weekend, and it's probably, and I called this a few weeks ago, this is most likely going to be the highest grossing movie of all time very soon. Which for Disney, it's not hard. Well, now they bought Fox, so they also have Avatar and E.T. and Titanic. Oh, not E.T. Never mind. Was Titanic also uh, Fox, or was it? I thought it was Paramount. Paramount. It might have been Paramount. So, but they have Avatar is a Disney movie now, technically. So, um, and they're going to be well. And isn't Avatar the highest grossing movie worldwide? And then I think Force Awakens is the highest grossing movie in the U.S. and North America right. at least. So, as far as spoiler-free content is concerned. What were you thinking based on the marketing? What were you expecting to see out of this movie? And then we'll we'll get into the actual movie itself. I think I did suspect that Ant-Man was going to play a bigger part in this. Just because of they did do that part in one of the trailers where he rings a doorbell. So it's like, well, he either was saved from the snap because he was in the quantum realm. Or he was saved from the snap because he was just... It was just by by happenstance. So luck, just luck, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because it is completely random who who they pick. Um, but now I don't know. I mean, they the trailer it's, gave away so little. It's of, telling that that the two trailers, the and I didn't read comic books either, so right. I don't, you know, so can only go by speculation on what the the comic books even have. It's telling that the the two main trailers. The one ends with Ant-Man and the second one ends with Captain Marvel. Because those are the characters that are the two characters that are basically the X factors of this whole thing that weren't part of the fight last time. I mean, Hawkeye, but he's not going to like change the course of the battle. Sorry, Hawkeye. Um, so, so that, you know, I guess we were expecting them to play a pivotal role and we knew Thanos would return and that they were going to do something to either undo the snap or get, avenge avenge, uh, you know, what Thanos did, take him down or whatever. But yeah, there wasn't a lot revealed. I mean, if you were like me and you read some of the theories slash rumors and speculation and all that good stuff, you kind of had ideas of elements that might show up, but there was nothing really confirmed, which is once it got to the point that people were starting to see it, I was like, oh, I'm out. Don't want to read any of that. But I said, you know, we talked about it. I kind of wish I hadn't read a lot of the other stuff because I was like, oh, that rumor was true. Oh, that other rumor was true. Oh, this is exactly kind of what I've been hearing for a year. But were there some things that you just kind of said yourself as a theory? Some of them were that. Yeah. Some of them were that. Just over the course of like, um, you know, where the Hulk ends up, which I don't want to get in. Well, we'll get into spoilers in a minute and then it's a free for all. Um, and certain elements just based on where where the other films led us, where... Ant-Man, The Wasp, and Captain Marvel, the two films that were released between Infinity War and um, Endgame. Um, and there was, a remember, speculation for the longest time. We had no idea what this movie was even going to be called until the first trailer dropped, like, I don't know, a few months ago. It wasn't even like, you know, usually you they, they put their marker on a movie and they're like, boom, this is the title coming out in three years. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, you know, we had no idea what it was even going to be called. And everybody was like, it's going to be Endgame because... Doctor Strange is like we're in the end game now, and that's the perfect lead-in to what comes next. And is it kind? Of, it's, is it kind of predictable? Yeah, but is it a cool trailer or, or title for a 
culmination of 22 film arc? I think so. I think it's a I mean, Highlander used it first, but, you know, whatever. I'll take it. So as far as marketing, we kind of didn't know. Like, it was not confirmed where we were going with this, but we had a lot of speculation and a lot of excitement, obviously, what was going to happen next. And I think you and I were both really impressed with the ballsy move that they had in killing half the heroes and ending it on such a downbeat where when I went to take my mom to see the Infinity War, she was like, that's it? Oh, my God. And I'm like, yeah, see you in a year. Find out what happens. I actually read trivia that they did not want to do that at first. Like, there was a lot of talks about it. We'll get into where they may have made an alternate slicing of the story in half. Uh, I'm so glad that they didn't try and make this one movie. That would have been a jumbled mess. That would not have worked whatsoever. Like a six-hour-long movie. Or they would have just been... It would have just been a lot of extra stuff cut out, and it would have felt rushed. You wouldn't have had the emotional resonance with what happens or anything like that. Um, So, yeah, so... Our theater experience was really fun. I just wanted to mention that real fast because that was probably, it's probably one of the big best cinema going experiences I've had in a long time, possibly ever, because we saw it on Thursday night and it was, you know, 6.30. It's like one of the most recent, like one of the first ones. Yeah, one of the first ones. Well, what would you, you know, what do you think, what did you think of the experience of seeing this movie before we get into a free for all spoiler uh, palooza here of seeing this movie on Thursday night with a sold out crowd? who was cheering anytime anything recognizable happened. Um, it was it was quite an experience, and I'm not always a, a big clapper in movies. Usually, if I do clap, it's at the end. But I was clapping along with everybody else, you know, and um, cheering because I wanted it was kind of be part of the experience. It kind of reminded me of like going to a Rocky Horror Picture Show a little kind bit. Kind of. But, um, Get him, Kev! <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> was very, a lot of that. like, interactive and... Um, fun. And I, it, it definitely, I feel like if we had gone tonight, like on the opening night, it just wouldn't have felt the same. And I think that was one of the reasons why it was so important to me that we went on a Thursday night. You even gave me an option. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to wait. I want to do this. Let's go see it. And it's hard for us because as parents of a young child, you know, you have to work out, you know, work arrangements, babysitting arrangements. And this is a three-hour-long movie, so... Hey, parents, can you watch our child so we can go see a three-hour-long movie about superheroes? It was like a rock concert in that movie theater, so it was a lot of fun to go see it. And I think before we get to the spoiler section, if you're listening to this and you're think, trying to figure out whether or not you should see this movie and maybe want to hear our general reactions, our general reactions to this movie is freaking amazing. Would you write one of the best of the MCU, if not the best... Delivers on everything you wanted to and is a fitting closing chapter for this era and for many of these characters who have, you know, whether people follow it or not, I don't want to get into, but who have confirmed that they're not really planning on coming back to this role, these roles. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I had my coworker this morning ask me, he's like, so how was the movie? And I said, it was something and I am still shook. So... Um, definitely, yeah, you want to go for an amazing movie experience that will probably, I think it's going to stay with me for a little while, go to this. That being said, let's listen to a little bit of the trailer, the very cryptic trailer for Avengers Endgame. And then when we come back, we will be all spoilers, full steam ahead. Spoiler palooza. I keep telling everybody they should move on. Some do, but not us. Even if there's a small chance 
we owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. We will. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. That was a little bit of the trailer for Avengers Endgame, uh, directed by Joe and Anthony Russo, written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely all of whom worked on Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Captain America, Civil War, and Avengers, Infinity War. And I think that history with the MCU and these, with these characters really comes to bear in this, in this film. Um, Marcus and McFeely also wrote the first Avenger. So they've been, every movie that, you know, all the Cap movies and this, this last pair of uh, franchise enders, kind of, um, they've been instrumental in all of that. For the, from the beginning of the MCU. Um, and I, I think that, you know, you can feel that. You can feel that, the weight. Like, they understand these characters having been there through the whole thing, and they, they somehow find a way to create this really complex tapestry of dozens of heroes. So did you feel like this movie uh, followed through on the conclusion of Infinity War in a good place? I guess the main question I'm asking is, the first 15, 20 minutes really are kind of uh, housekeeping from the last movie. It's we pick up soon after the snap. Everybody's still like, "Whoa, what the shit are we? What the no, hell are we supposed to do?" No, you're forgetting one very important. It's part. three weeks later. You forgot one very important part of the movie. Oh, that's well, the beginning. So in the be- very beginning of the movie, um, Hawkeye, Clint Barton is spending time with his family, teaching his daughter how to shoot a bow and arrow. And he goes in the shed to get something and comes out and his daughter, his two sons, and his wife, are they've vanished. And so that explains where what Hawkeye has been up to and how it's impacted him. And that's the, that, was, that was the, the opening sequence. And then it goes into the 23 Days Later. Right, I had and I had a feeling that that would be the opening scene because we knew Hawkeye was going to be Ronan and he was very upset about things. Probably lost. I didn't his know what the dude's name was and, until the trivia. Okay. Oh, Ronan. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, I was wondering what the. Where I the assumed that that from? would be the like the opener to to segue into the main action. So then, then we jump to twenty three days later, and Tony Stark is is lost lost in space, like the TV show, I guess, hanging out with Nebula, playing, flicking the little footballs, which was funny. And she looked so intense and like... Yeah, she's very... She's like the most serious character ever. And, uh, you know, the, then we jump in, we jump into that, and then we follow up with the main Avengers dealing with the aftermath, and then Captain Marvel rescues Tony. We don't need to do a recap, really. No. But so basically, they, they reunite. Tony Stark is pissed. He's saying, I warned you guys about this. You didn't want to listen to me. This was, Ultron was supposed to be like a defense against he this kind of thing. He wasn't, like he wasn't pissed. Yeah, he was. No, 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 let me finish. He wasn't pissed against them. He was pissed to 
Steve Rogers to Captain America. That was who he was taking his anger out. I mean, on. he was pissed with everybody, but specifically because Steve Cap- Rogers was a leader in some of them not doing signing the Scobie Accords. They were the two leaders, really, and he feels like Steve Rogers, Captain America, you know, betrayed him and wasn't there for him or if they'd the world. been united, they might have that this wouldn't have happened and all that other stuff, which. Honestly, it's probably true. I mean, as we see later in the movie, the way that things play out, that if they had all, everyone had been, which is why I got such, okay, I guess let's just get that out in the open. This was, I think you and I were both pretty emotional messes throughout most of this three hours for multiple different reasons. Some some things were very, like, heart-wrenching in a sad way. Some things were, like, cheer moments. But for multiple times, I don't know, somewhere between six to 12 times in this movie, yeah, I teared up a couple times and like cried a little bit, but for most of it, I was in that emotional, weird, shaking, emotional thing where your like abdomen is like vibrating, and you're like, <laughs> because what you're watching is like so you're like so emotionally invested in what's happening. That was me for many times throughout this movie, but basically the entire third act, I think. You're like, oh my god, this moment is happening. It's you know, I it, it's that rarely happens. That happened a little bit in. Um, the Force Awakens a couple times when Han Solo's death scene, spoilers, uh, when Rey cut the lightsaber, again, spoilers, and a little bit in Last Jedi. Like, Star Wars and Marvel movies seem to be the only ones that really get me that, like, visceral, like, body vibrating, like, sh- like stress. Basically, I had a headache when we came out of Endgame. Did you, what was your emotional reaction to things? And then, and then I answer my question about the 20 minutes thing. Do you think that they cut it in the right place? Well, I, um... I mean, we talked about it a lot that we knew this was going to be emotionally impactful for us. Like Chris Evans, who's in the movie, even said that watching the full movie, he cried six times. The first hour, he said he cried three. I did not cry six times, but it was very emotionally impactful. Like right when you think that, okay, okay, great. It's like, oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. You know, it just over and over again. I don't. I wasn't at the point that you were because... Um, I think that you get more connected to movies in general than I do, but you know, I your your point is well taken. Uh, I think part of it is that I could I could have gone to sobbing, but I didn't want to sob in a packed movie theater with strangers on the other side of me. I'm not that kind of person. I only really like full on sob in private when I'm by myself. Like I rarely sob in front of you, right? Yeah. And we've been together eight years, so. I think that's it was me trying to hold back like the complete upwelling of emotion. I think that's what the vibration thing is about. Uh, but yeah, it was so. So the movie opens. We the Hawkeye flashback, which I kind of figured might be the case. Uh, catching up with everybody. Tony Stark's rescue. They reunite. They hunt down thing. Captain Marvel shows up. By the way, which love her. We had a whole episode. Go back and listen to our Captain Marvel review episode that I did with our good friend Carrie Jones about that and uh they hunt down thanos and he they snap uh, snap yeah thanos apparently destroyed the stones they, they take thanos out and like he goes for the head spoilers thor thor took out thanos like he like was, he should have last time yeah like he was mocked for last time by thanos and well nebula well nebula knew where where he would go thanos because yeah yeah she so had the was, inside information and it was like very he, he was in a very tranquil spot like he was like, well, that's where his, he was at the end of the. Yeah, thing, he had his he had his armor of suit, armor armored suit on a tree branch, and he was like collecting berries or something. 
Like just like just chilling. Yeah, it was like kind of very humbling in a way because you very rarely see super villains in that calm, tranquil state. And uh, no, he wasn't planning his next move because that was his. Yeah, no more moves. That was that was his end game. So um, yeah, so Nebula led led them to his his secret lair. So what did you think about the fact that they cut the movie at, at right after the snap and then, you know, he goes to his retirement home and hangs out and then this movie picks up with like 20 minutes of like uh, like should they have cut the movies after they killed Thanos and realized that they can't get him to undo anything? Even though as a moviegoer watching the end of Infinity War, it was really frustrating and like sad and made me angry. I'm actually glad they did it that way because thing is, is I think we all wanted a happy ending, but that's, it doesn't always happen. And that doesn't make for a good end of a part one. It doesn't too. make you want to, if that had happened, they're just like, oh, that was it. I, I don't know how much I would have been as invested. I'd be like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. What's going to happen in the new one? Weird. Okay. Yeah. Instead of with this one, with the end of Infinity War, I think, okay, they're going to, in the next one, they're going to have to find a way to bring everybody back because this, this is like a terrible, it's a terrible ending, not in a terrible ending, like, oh my God, it was, it's like just, it was very well done, but just, I don't know, this is terrible because it makes me sad and angry and I want a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I agree, but I think it's a valid question because I feel I I'm sure there were conversations and this might And it did upset people. It did upset other moviegoers the fact that that ending did happen. Like to the point like we have a friend that she said she absolutely hated the Infinity War because she's like, "Oh, it, you know, it's just a way of the now having another movie just to show them coming back." And it's just god, what a terrible terrible ending. Terrible movie. You know, and everybody's Allowed, you know, allowed to have their own opinion. And I'm sure, I have a feeling that at some point there were, that was the big conversation behind the scenes that maybe at one point they were going to cut right there because then there was a randomly in this three hour epic, there's a five years later thing that happens. And a lot of times that kind of time gap would be between movies where we would have had Infinity War, the snap happens, they're like, oh shit, they save Iron Man and then, you know, go down and take out Thanos, Thanos and then. That's that a great pronunciation. Dano. <laughs> can, I, can I say something real fast yeah, about of course. the uh, five-year thing? Yeah, that was funny when... Well, not funny, but when they did five. Slowly? Yeah, yeah that was great. Yeah, like, going to be months? Days? Minutes? Hours? And then, yeah, five years. Like I had a feeling it was going to be five years. And people were like, what the hell? Like, Well, we knew it had to be enough time for Natasha to completely change her hair and grow it out and everything. You'd think her hair would be longer after five years. I mean, she may have been trimming it. I don't think she's just like let it go, like like Gandalf style. That'd be cool. That would be cool. And like, oh, Avengers, <laughs> fly you fools. Uh, so yeah, so I, I think that was an, uh, the best, most dramatic place to end it. And the first movie, as they've said many times, is Thanos's movie. After Thanos succeeds, that's a cut point. And then from there on, it's the Avengers trying to do their thing. It doesn't work, killing Thanos or. Or reverse, he can't reverse anything because they're gone. The stones are gone. But I, I think the best way to talk about this movie that is at all kind of structured, we could go characters, routes, or anything like that. But I think the easiest way is there's a pretty clean cut 
three-act structure I was talking to you about earlier. I think we should do a real-time poll right real-time, now. Real-time poll like, about how should, live how should we talk about this? Happening I mean, we could always do a live podcast on, like, we could always record this on Facebook Live or something and have people, like, that'd be weird. Though. I'm, not used, I'm not used to live. I'm not used to live, obviously. So the, the easiest way to discuss this movie is the three-act, the, the pretty, like, you can almost break this down into three one-hour, like, serials. You know what I mean? Um, so the first one being the cleanup from Infinity War and everybody, like where everybody is five years later and everybody being kind of miserable and all that stuff. And then the formation of a a new plan. So what did you, I've heard some people think that the first hour is really slow, but I loved all that character stuff. And I think it gave us some of the, the, the best acting, the best performances that we've seen from a lot of these actors in a long time. Kind of would have been interesting if they elaborated more on, Black Widow's, like, antsiness, where she's like, what's going on with these earthquakes? It's like she was, like, trying to find trouble where there wasn't trouble. She's got red in her ledger. She wants to wipe it out. Like, she's like, they screwed up in this major way. So maybe she's like, all right, little by little, we can make up for it by taking care of literally anything else that happens. Like, you know what I mean? It felt like almost a karmic thing, the way that they failed so epically. But it was only really her and Rhodey. Yeah, Steve Rogers, you know, he was leading a... Support group. Support group for being snapped. And the crazy thing is that this is very, like, basically the first hour is a post-apocalyptic superhero movie. You know what I mean? Right. It's an apocalyptic event. That's based, That's literally the premise of that HBO show, The Leftovers, um, where half the people, like, the people just disappear. And they were, like, ascended into heaven because, This you know, after Infinity War? No, before. Up. Oh, really? So it's like, uh, you know... The second coming of, I think the whole idea in The Leftovers is like the second oh, coming the of... Oh, the Russo brothers liked that show. The second coming of, of Christ or whatever. And, uh, and so the people, some people ascend into and then other people aren't chosen or whatever. It's They're basically, like dusted or something? They just disappear one day. And then the other people are literally left over. So the first hour of The Avengers is like Avengers, The Leftovers. That would have been a good title. There you go. So... I liked all that character stuff. Seeing uh, Steve Rogers leading a uh, leading a support group for, for the survivors, Black Widow kind of uh, trying to hold together a makeshift group of Avengers that includes Okoye, which is really cool. As a huge fan of Black Panther, that was fun. And that's the thing about like Thanos. Like when you watch the first movie, this is what I was thinking. When I was watching the movie in game. Is like he he's clearly a a madman. But you can also see his reasoning. I was going to say, is he though? You can see his re- reasoning. He's like, yeah, man. So many, there are so many people and not enough resources. And, and, but like Amora said to him, he loved nothing. So what he did was he wiped out half of humanity and he didn't, couldn't grapple with the fact that people are dealing with the people they've lost that they never, ever got closure with because they don't even know what the hell happened. And, like, who knows? Maybe that was top secret. Like, maybe these people never even got to know what exactly happened. Well, it was only the Avengers that knew. People mention Thanos. Thanos. Like, I think even Cap mentions, oh, you know, before Thanos, but like in the support group. So I think it, for oh. somehow that, like, the Avengers must have made a statement or something. I don't oh, know. Oh, okay. I guess. Oh, because it's not Men in Black. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They know that aliens exist. They came down to New York in 2012. And they know they're Which super we'll get to. Yeah. So, but because Thanos never really loved. Anything or anybody. I mean, we could pretend it was Gamora, but he's... It was an unhealthy love. There right. was a, That was a big controversy when the movie came out that everybody, uh, you know, that it was saying some kind of 
an endorsement of abuse or something. I don't know exactly. And I always viewed it as that's what Thanos considered love was the way he treated Gamora and things like that. Um, and Nebula. And Neb- well, God, Nebula got even worse of it than Gamora did. So, so yeah, so the whole first hour is just catching up with where everybody's been. Uh, <laughs> it was still stuck in the quantum realm for those five, for what was five years to us and like, 30 seconds or five hours to him, he said. Yeah. And uh, that's, I guess that's why the idea in, at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp was to pull him out after 10 seconds. So he would only be gone like a couple hours, not five years. If you leave him in there so long, it like expands out, I guess. Um, and then, let's see. Uh, Hulk is now Professor Hulk, in, which is a thing in the comics. where, And again, that's another thing that I speculated on was going to happen. Because they they're talked a lot about how... Uh, Ragnarok, Infinity War, and Endgame were really kind of an arc of Banner and and Hulk struggling to find a balance between themselves. And I was like, well, then what you do is combine them. Because I knew that that was a thing in the comics. So I was like, I feel like that's probably where they're going to go with it, uh, based on things that I'd read and stuff. And then, oh my God, Thor. Get into the Thor thing. Oh, so Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans, they're my boys. Captain America is my favorite Avenger. But I also like Thor a lot. And yeah, Thor was... Thor had a beer belly because he was... And a half. Yeah, he was a drunk because he was still dealing with what happened, feeling like the utmost failure and um, feeling kind of lost. And he was drinking constantly. So he had a really big beer belly. And we saw Krog. Krog, yeah. And And Meek. And Meek. Which everybody was wondering, like, what about Korg? Everybody was worried. Because it was confirmed at some point that Valkyrie was going to be in there. So we got Tessa Thompson again in this movie, which was which was fun. Uh, so, yeah, and they established new Asgard. So it was a nice... That sequence was a nice follow-up to Ragnarok and to everything. Because everybody's like, what the hell? What happened to Valkyrie and Korg, Meek? Like, all the, the remaining Asgardians? Because remember, when Thanos invaded their ship, he only killed half the people on the ship. So the other people got away or whatever. Right. Well, would they, but they would have been snapped. Or are they not snapped because they're gods? No, there were probably some of them were still, but there was not many, but there was enough to well, form three. a little what is Valkyrie? village. Is she just a regular person? Or no, is she kind of godlike? She kind of like a god. Demigod, type? I think. Ish, but he's yeah. a demigod. Yeah, I think like, she's like in the similar category. She does More, have a mortal, but she's like got, yeah, she's stronger than. Than everyone, uh, than like a regular human woman. Um, so yeah, so that way, and then the the most impactful one I think was well, Ant-Man came back and had was her name Catherine Langford as a daughter. It's Cassie at age five years. That was great. And uh, the most impactful one was Iron Man with no parents. Yeah, well, they probably got snapped. Poor Bobby Cannavale. But then I guess the Department of Children and Families got snapped too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. At least the main people in charge. Uh, well, I mean, like I said, it's post-apocalyptic, so who knows what kind of mayhem ensued after that? Like, I want to see that movie. Well, and, and that's what I like. Like, I think that hour, a lot of people want to bitch about. Oh, it's boring. It's slow. Whatever. But this cataclysmic event happened at the end, at the end of Infinity War, and I think it's important that we see what the outcome is of that. Like, what happens to everybody after that happens before we, you know, work on fixing it. You know, and uh, and of you know, Iron Man. Ends up having a daughter, which we have a daughter, so that was everything with all the daughters in this movie. I was like, oh my god! Uh, I saw the tent. Um, the, there was a tent in a backyard, and he was talking to somebody. I said, 
I think that's his daughter. And then a little girl, little cute little girl comes running out and everyone what in the audience. Girl, right? Yeah, and then the audience gasped. And like I think even you were like, Oh my god. Yeah, because I didn't know about that. I mean I could have guessed that maybe something was gonna go in that direction, but I didn't know for sure. So it was nice because at least with that, um, you know, Tony Stark did have a happy ending. You know, he had his had his wife Pepper Potts and he had his daughter. So he and they were actually living in a cabin away from civilization. Yeah, no technology for Tony Stark really, except for he had his little lab with a little room, but it was like running the numbers and things. I think you that's the scene where you actually unfortunately succumbed to your bladder and actually had to step out. Um, he was talking to his daughter and then I told you he was running the the models cuz what happens is so we spend the first the first what 20 minutes with the like where's Thanos and then Cap in his whole he, he's really against profanity but he was like let's go get that son of a bitch which is the first one of the first of many like woo in the theater. And, and that's and what that's when it goes yeah. That was oh god! I'm so excited to see this movie again this week, guys. Um, the that was the first 20 minutes or so, and then it's I guess another 20 minutes of where is everyone, and then it's another maybe I'm, I'm guesstimating obviously, and then it's another like 15 20 minutes of oh Ant Man emerges and he's like the quantum realm time works differently there, and they're yeah, like oh, really, I don't know about uh, that. Yeah, he really did kind of save the day, like you were saying today. Like he without. Scott Lang, Ant Man, they wouldn't have even come up with this quantum realm idea. And I'm like, I was didn't know it was a thing. Like five years, five years is a long time to not do anything and wait around like me and you have been married for five years, which I guess. Yeah, well, now, now, so now I guess, so I guess now they're in twenty, they're in twenty twenty three. So now the the everything in the MCU going forward is set in the future, basically. Yeah. So, um, five years. I mean, that's that's a long time. So. Scott Lang, even though people like to call him stupid and an idiot. Because he's goofy. Yeah. Which is not mutually exclusive. He's positively goofy. Yeah, he he really is the one that kind of had them get back on the plan. A, a new plan. Right. Yeah, so because everybody... I mean, you gotta, you gotta... I mean, imagine that they tried to come up with another solution in those five years at some point like what if we did that no that wouldn't work what if we did this uh, you know brainstorming and they're like like captain america even says like oh you know i tell everybody that they should move on some do but not us because they don't know because they could have stopped it they are the only people in the on the planet that had the power to fix it to stop it and couldn't and and i think that weighs on all of them in different ways thor gets super you know super fat and uh Cap is just trying to hold things together because Cap's got Cap's got the more the most moral fortitude, so he's like, he he can kind of stand it more than I think most people and try and actually he's using that to try and inspire others and help them Plus stay afloat and now, deal with it. It's also he's had loss now twice. Oh God, I know in his life, like he's really. It's amazing how like still so pure and good he is when, he, in some ways, he's had the most tragic yeah backstory. And and the fact that no one in the no one else in these movies is familiar with the quantum realm, other than Ant Man and his friends that all got turned to dust, uh, that after five years they're they're basically giving themselves over to the fact that this is the inevitable that like, like Thanos, Thanos said I am inve- and I, I'm inevitable yeah that this is uh, they, they can't do anything about it this is permanent and then they're provided all of a sudden with this miraculous possible like shred of a possibility that they can actually change things by going and we're gonna be in the second segment by going back in time and and 
actually having the power to to not necessarily undo things, but fix things. It's it's kind of it's not quite un, and that's the other thing that we'll get into in a little bit. Um, so then he shows up, and then and then uh, Captain Cap and Black Widow are like. Oh, I don't know. That sounds ridiculous, or whatever. And man's like, you probably think this is stupid, or something like that. And Black Widow's like, I get emails from a raccoon. It's like, it's, I'm pretty much open to anything at this point. Uh, it's her attitude, and then it becomes convincing Tony Stark to get down with it or not. And that's the part that you missed well, when you right. realized well, that it was possible. Well, but you, I mean, you don't want to do the blow by blow. But Bruce Banner, we're doing the sweep. Like, Bruce sweep Banner, sweep. who's really smart too. He couldn't seem to make it happen because he kept, he was like turning Scott Lang into like an old man, a baby, oh, a that kid. Was funny. Yeah, yeah, you know? that was good. And so he just did the formula wrong versus, um, I, you know, Tony Stark figures it out like, no, let's do it. And Iron, uh, is this, oh, we're going to the second half now? Not yet, second, not yet. Oh, oh. Let's wrap up the first. Okay. The first and Tony Stark third. and, and Steve Rogers, they made up, and the other big interaction in the audience was, Tony Stark gave Steve Rogers his shield back. And that was really sweet and heartfelt. Right. They made truce. Dad made it for him. So, Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's the other thing. Like you mentioned the, the Scott Lang turning into a baby and peeing himself and all that. And that's the other thing this movie gets really right, is that it's really dark and really heavy and you'll cry a lot and you'll be scared and there's like a lot of emotional range, but it also still retains that humor that has become that like uh levity that has become kind of the staple i guess of a lot of the films in the mcu you have films that are straight out and out comedies which i consider the guardians and the ant-man movies and ragnarok for sure more like obviously going for laughs but um they maintain that so it doesn't just become not that there's anything wrong with movies that are just straight up like dour but it doesn't become like the the bvs thing where it's so self-serious that you're like Oh, I don't even know. Like, where is like that? That's not how. Is, that's, that's not realistic. Exactly. Either. That's not life. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, that's not life. Life is a comedy. Life is a drama. Sure, we know all. All know that quote. But yeah, I mean, you could be going through like the most tragic moment, and somebody says something and makes you laugh. Yeah, exactly. And that's why some of my favorite movies, like I've, I, I mentioned on the podcast, not on the podcast, but on CorreyTable.com, I did a whole feature about how much I love Jerry Maguire and how much it makes me cry, but. That's one of my favorite movies because it captures that, you know, it's it's romantic and then it's serious and then it's sad and then it makes you like it's, it has that balance of tones, a balance of different kinds of moments. And I think that the in Endgame maybe does that better than any of these movies so far. So that's the end of the first half. And of course, Tony Stark eventually is like, OK, but I don't want to lose this thing I got going with Pepper and we got this, you know, this beautiful daughter Morgan, just like there was a scene kind of hinting at that in Infinity War. Uh, so then we get into the second third of the movie, which is Back to the Future 2 Marvel Edition, basically. And as a huge, huge, huge fan that's of... That's going to be a Tyler's podcast, isn't it? It should be. No, it shouldn't. No, no that's a spoiler. Even, true. Even, oh, saying true. That, even saying that this movie is highly inspired by and actually references many times in the dialogue itself... Back to the Future is a spoiler. That's true. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? That's why we couldn't do a spoiler free. That's what I'm saying. Like, what is the plot of this movie? If I tell you, that's a spoiler. Because the plot of the movie is Avengers, they're going to avenge. That should be the headline for the the title of this episode. Avengers going to avenge. Um, But yeah, so the second half, the second third is all the time travel thing. So they figure out the six Infinity Stones were... At different points throughout time, obviously, at different places, they've been shuffled around a lot, even in their own history. So they have to kind of watch where, where they go, who they interact with, things like that. 
Um, so we traveled back in time to the Battle of New York in 2012 when people lost their kind uh, reaction. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Did I, you? Were you like, oh my god, that's so cool? It is, but I wasn't. It, but that was one of those those times I was talking about where I'm thinking. I wouldn't normally applaud at this, but I'm going to applaud at this. Sure. Let's you go. You want to be part of things? Yeah. Because normally it's like, oh, wow. Okay. That's cool. Well, that's the weird part. They go back to they go back to basically three movies from the MCU. Right? Three, in the three stones, there's three stones that and, uh, Black Widow says. She's like, so there three were three. Three of them are in New York at one point. Yeah. What the hell? Just because Marvel Comics is headquartered in New York? Well. It started in New York. Like, everything's in New York. Avengers Tower. And all the galaxy of the world. Avengers Tower I mean, the, was in New York. Spider-Man's in New York. Daredevil's in New York. Uh, and Daredevil's not even in this, this movie. X-Men are based in upstate. Like, everything, in, because Marvel Comics was based in New York, most of the Marvel heroes are based in New York. Like, so, like, this, so space... The space world space. looks at New York like, oh my God, it's the epicenter it is. of the galaxy. But it is, kind of. And it's the epicenter of our country and our culture in a lot of ways. Uh, so three stones are in New York. So uh, Cap, Iron Man, and uh, who's the other one? It's just somebody else. Cap and Iron Man go to New oh, York. Hulk. With no, Hulk. No, no, no. not with Hulk. No, no. Well, no, Hulk does go to New York because he has to go to the ancient one to get the time stone. Right. So he had a different right. mission, but the same. But the same, the, the, yeah, the same destination. And then. But he had a different timeline. But he was 2012. That's what I'm saying. Those oh, yeah, that's right. 2012. That's right. You're, 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 you're going in the second side mission <laughs> within. What's going on? It, there's like <laughs> 10 missions within missions going on here. So, it's Inception. So they go to, they go, they basically travel to the Avengers, the, the original Avengers movie. Uh, they travel to Guardians of the Galaxy. That's uh, Nebula and uh, Rhodey, War Machine. And then, so the two of the most beloved movies in the MCU, and then Thor The Dark World, because that's the only movie where the ether is a thing, I guess. So Thor goes there with Rocket, and is, like is that just no, Thor and Rocket? just Thor and Rocket. It's okay. It's him and Rabbit, again, heading off on an adventure. So, I wonder why Korg, Korg didn't want to go. Korg? Yeah, he could have handled it. He's saying he's he's, they're playing video games, I guess. He's like, he's he's still trying to start that revolution, handing out pamphlets. Uh, plus, yeah, these Avengers. There's only so many. That's the other thing that they establish up front. There's only so many pin particles. So there's only so many. There's one enough for one round trip each. So wait, where does it? Oh, Ant Man goes to New York too. It's also, do overs. So because there's three stones in New York, they get four people there. So there's Ant Man. Oh there yeah, too. right, right, Ant Man, right, yeah. Iron Man, Captain America, and uh, Hulk. Are all in New York. It's like me with the coffee the other day. We needed extra hands. That's right. They need, well, it's four, three stones, so four people. So there's a, this beautiful... With all three of them, we can kind of do one sweeping generalization for all three missions, and then we'll focus on details. For all three of them, there's this beautiful blending of archive footage and um, new shot material from different angles. We get the ending of the Avengers, Loki asking that he'll take that drink now from a different angle... And the aftermath with that, we actually see Thor put the little mask thing on his face, the little uh, mouth, like, which we, we see him wearing at the end of the Avengers movie before it lo- uh, they, they travel back to Asgard, all that good stuff. Amidst that, there were there was so many, so many opportunities for cameos. So we've got not only Tom Hiddleston back a little bit there, we got Rene Russo back a little bit there, we got... Uh, Robert Redford back a little bit there. I'm like, oh, like I understand some of these other people because you got them under contract or whatever, but I'm pretty sure Robert Redford was a one and done for Winter Soldier. But we're still not sure about Natalie Portman footage. I don't know if any of that was new footage. I don't think so. I don't feel like it was. I feel like 
they just invited her to the premiere as a courtesy because like hey you were in these movies you sort of your face shows up so sure sure come have you know enjoy the party we got crossbones on the oh my god okay so i don't know what to talk about because this was honest in a way that if the say if the last third of the last act of the movie wasn't so awesome this would be my like most favorite thing ever but the last it's like between the second and third is what's my favorite so what do, I don't what do we and want to talk about really, first? Yeah, well, I mean, the, um, see, you're like there was too. a pretty good fight okay. between Captain America versus Captain America. Oh, that's that's and a good. And I highlight. got a lot of reaction, obviously. America's ass. Yeah. Well, because uh, Captain America 2012 was thinking, oh, Loki, how'd you get out? Got a mischief, and. So Captain America is fine, Captain America. But it's also like two, 2023, Captain America is like so much better than 2012 because he's had a mo- he's more matured time to a fight. Lot. Yeah, and he's had more time to fight and like battle. Well, and- well, the past Cap is still like super idealistic and doesn't really, he hasn't been through Winter Soldier, Civil War, and like he hasn't been like, I don't know, broken, I guess, <laughs> I was, a lot. <laughs> broken <laughs> as much. Yeah, I was thinking that too. More, more sophisticated as far as like, you know, worldly and like darker and like little edgier and shit like that. So yeah, that was oh god. And I was so I leaned over to you during that scene. I was like, this is Kai's fantasy right here. I got two cows. Uh, so what did you think of that scene? And and really the the cap honestly the cap part of the New York thing was the most fun. Yeah, no, it was it was um, I liked it a lot. It was fun. Like I was I was a little worried about the two thousand. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, he was like, he might get his ass whooped. By himself. No. Past Cap is too much of a Boy Scout. Current Cap would, like, kick his ass, which he did. Well, he's, he's like, oh, that is America's ass. Well, he also said, he also um, oh tricked him because he said, Bucky's alive. Yeah. And then that's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All open. And just threw him off, which yeah. is true. Yeah, and then when you, but when he didn't you, know when you battle, you got to be focused. But be all ready. these little things, the little details that reward people like us that are crazy people and have been watching all these movies. I mean, I've you've seen all, you've seen probably most of them more than once, I think, at some point or another, right? A lot of them you have. Not all of them, but like Thor the Dark World you saw the one time. But like, <laughs> you've seen the Cap movies all at least a couple of times. You've seen the Avengers movies all probably at least a couple of times. I've seen all of them probably a few times, including the ones I don't like that much. I also do have to say that some of these I've also seen more than once because Rob has them playing in the yeah, movie room. Okay. I'm like, oh, I'll Fair sit enough. and watch Whatever, it but too. But you've seen it. doesn't matter. Yeah. But like little details, like the fact that 2012 Cap has no idea the Bucky's alive. The fact that 2012 Cap says, I can do this all day. And, and current Cap was like, yeah, yeah, I've heard that a lot <laughs> because he says that in Civil War and in uh, the first Avenger. So that's another He's thing so that cute. Marcus and McFeely brought to the thing. Like all of that, like the, the contrasting of how far that character has come. And that's what really what that fight con- uh, highlights is that look how much Cap has grown since he really just basically unthawed at that point. Avengers Age of Ultron had they hadn't found Bucky. Had he found Bucky? They found Bucky. He knew Bucky was or it just alive. Ha- it just happened. It just but, happened. But he was like missing. And in Age of Ultron, there's a converse, There's a quick exchange between uh, Cap and Falcon about like any update on our missing persons case because they're still looking oh, for Bucky. Okay. And so they don't find him until even, Civil War. Really, he was still kind of still a Boy Scout during yeah. Age of Ultron. I guess I think Civil War is what really made him go to the Nick Nomad persona in the comics, where he's just like on the run. But Winter Soldier is having his, his ass kicked by his 
best friend of 70 years before. So that's so we got Robert Redford back as uh, Alexander Pierce in there, who we now know is Hydra. But in that timeline, the current Avengers that that the past time Avengers didn't know that that was Hydra. Crossbones and oh, Sitwell show up. Didn't um, didn't um, Ant Man even say? How do you not know they were Hydra? They look like bad guys. <laughs> They do, though. Crossbones and Sitwell? Yes. Well, like, definitely Crossbones. Yeah. Frank Grillo is like a B-movie like superstar, but I haven't seen him in a lot of things other than these movies. And I, I thought Crossbones was given kind of very short shrift in The Winter Soldier. I talked about that with Zach Matthews on The Winter Soldier episode, uh, which you should listen to because that was a lot really fun conversation about one of the uh, highlights of the MCU. And, and we actually pre- you know, positively predicted what was going to happen with The S.H.I.E.L.D., after this movie, so that that's we'll get to that in, in a little bit. So, um, so yeah, so uh, the Winter Soldier follow up here, and the fact that he was on the elevator with Sitwell and Crossbones, and he was like, Oh, I'm gonna need the I'm actually gonna need the spear and to because they that, that brought was, me back to uh, Winter Soldier again. I'm like, Are they gonna reenact gonna, the elevator yeah, fight? Yeah, I think, and that, that was that obviously intentional, yeah. yeah, and that was obviously what you're supposed to be thinking. Those elevators moment, are because scary again, written and directed by the same people. That's what I'm saying. You don't know if you're gonna get in a fist fight with Captain America and lose. So they're all about getting the uh, the scepter and the uh, tesseract. tesseract, which well, tesseract gets more complicated. Uh, so Cap gets the scepter by being like trying to convince him, oh, I'm actually going to take over that. And they're like, oh, that's okay, Cap, we got it. And then he leans over and he does the Hail Hydra thing, which made the audience lose their... Fr- I feel like most of the audience cheer moments were Cap. Either yeah. Cap or Iron Man, but I feel like Cap got more of them. Well, think about it. Even when Civil War came out and they did that poll, are you Team Cap or Team Iron Man? Team Cap. More people were Team Cap, like yeah. me. Well, I actually think team, I think actually Cap was more on the right side and was has been proven to be more on the right side and it's in his movie so you assume that he's right so cap is really like i think the centerpiece of the new york piece of it um but then tony stark is involved like going incognito as like you know a regular like a shield agent that was like remember that was really that was really fun ant-man's kind of assisting him and uh ant-man and tony stark because well, go ahead. The thing with it, that's okay. I just thought about this. So the thing with Ant Man though, and have him and him playing such a big role, he's not an original Avenger. He is in the comics. What I mean, no, what I mean is he was an original Avenger in these movies. Like he was more part of the second phase. Mm-hmm. Like he's gonna because he's gonna be in other. Basically, I feel like these movies were designed for the original Avengers. This one was, yeah, yeah for sure. not those that were gonna have. Subsequent movies, but they needed him for the quantum right, thing. But he to didn't. Be the right. Because other than that, though, he didn't. He doesn't. He doesn't know what to do. He's like, I don't know. I'm not in San Francisco. He gets really big. And he gets really small. Yeah, but he's, he doesn't. Like he doesn't. I mean, I guess Rocket too. Yeah, I guess Rocket too. So they have the two, the two uh, randoms, that help Nebula and Nebula. The, the, yeah, the three randoms. Two people from Guardians. One from Ant Man. Yeah. yeah, to just kind of help out. Um, so Cap is on the Scepter mission, which leads to that awesome Cap versus Cap fight, the Hell Hydra moment, which I loved. Uh, and then Tony Stark and Ant-Man are on the Tesseract mission, which does not go very well because Loki, of course, gets away with it. Right, but it happened because Spoof. Hulk has his anger. Oh, and he busted, no through this, busted through the door and like, no stairs. It sounded like bust, a daughter. Yeah, and then like busted down Tony Stark playing the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. And then it messed up like their plan. Right. Which leads to another mission, a submission that we'll get to in a second. 
And then uh, Bruce Banner basically has a conversation. He goes looking for Doctor Strange, but Doctor Strange in 2012 wasn't Sorcerer Supreme yet. So he ends up having a conversation with the Oscar ancient. winner Tilda Swinton. Uh, A.K.A. the Ancient One. So what did you think of... You, you like Doctor Strange, but it's not one of your favorite movies in the MCU. What? And I think you're still trying to warm to that character. So hopefully his sequel will do it for I you. I just don't feel like... like Doctor Strange to me feels like Iron Man, except he's a doctor. But it's also, I don't feel like Doctor Strange has like the same warmth to him. Sometimes, like he's, it's like weird. It's hard. Like, he's got the detached, like formality thing going on. For yeah, him. he just, whereas Tony Stark will quip, and then what's his face is like more self serious. Like, hey, you're protecting your reality, douchebag. Yeah, he just seems detached from everybody, right. and I don't above I, it all, self righteous, if you will. Yeah, and I don't. I, he's not endearing to me. Right. I can see that. I mean, I think Infinity... I like him in Doctor... I like Doctor Strange. I think the origins... We're now on a tangent again. But the, the origin story in Doctor Strange is, is fun. And I, I, but I do think it used a little too closely to the Tony Stark model of, I'm an arrogant butthead. And then I'm going to, you know, have some suffer, some loss. And then be like, okay, I'm not a butthead anymore. I'm going to be selfless and all that. Uh, but I think Infinity War did a lot of work for me at feeling like... Uh, I feel like I'm making him an interesting character. Banner has a conversation with Ancient One, who separates Hulk and Banner out so that he, Mark Ruffalo actually gets a little screen time in this movie past the first 20 minutes. Uh, I like that a lot. And I, lo- I like the, the fact that the Ancient One, it really it ca- harkens back to Doctor Strange's whole this is the only way thing and how the Ancient One trusts that Doctor Strange, if he gave it up willingly, knew what he was doing. I didn't realize she could tell the future so well. Like, wow. She went from, she was in 2012 and telling the future for 2000. He's like, she's like, oh, he's not going to be here for another five years. You're five years too early. And I'm like, yeah, she already knew he was destined for this years in advance. And I thought that, I love that. And I, I like the fact that. But why she, was she not able to tell one of the, I read this article, the 25 questions you have after in-game. How come she was not able to tell that even the snap happened then? Maybe she can or only that look. they were coming. Uh, she's dead by that point, so maybe that's part. Maybe she can only see like her own future up to a certain point well, or something. Why she didn't know they were coming <laughs> to find her? Uh, because they weren't always going to. They hadn't yet gone back and fixed and changed things, I guess. I guess. Okay. Unless you go with that time travel logic, where they they go back and but it's always been like they like they've always gone back. I don't I don't think this movie really prescribes to that. But I, I one of my favorite things about her appearance there was that you see that she was actually fighting the Chitari and doing her own thing a little bit, whatever she could do from her, like, balcony, basically. Like, ha-ha, take that. Doing her wizard wizarding thing. Uh, and, and I like that that that's a, puts a little more context on the fact that, yeah, these aliens were invading New York and the ancient one's there, and she was helping as much as she could, like she was doing her thing. Uh, I, I like how it recontextualizes that. So we should probably wrap up the second half which is really compressed and we're breezing past a lot of fun fan servicey moments but um so we have the situation i guess we should just mention we forgot one of the missions so we said there were three missions there were technically four because one of them is morag slash vormir so we have hawkeye and black widow that go to vormir to meet up with Red Skull, so we get another Red Skull cameo. And I've seen already some people criticizing the fact that, like, how did they not know what they were about to get into? Didn't Nebula tell them and stuff? And that's kind of a legitimate point, I think. Yeah, I Nebula know. Nebula really knows surprised. that. Well, 
He's like, oh, she's lying. And Oh, yeah. well, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, Nebula knew that Thanos killed Gamora there. Oh, but but she, I don't, he didn't know that she didn't know that that way he had like he says I had to. But what does that mean from a psycho? Uh, she didn't know that that was the price that he had to pay. So I guess that. Yeah, maybe I guess it does kind of fit still. She yeah. could have thought that he was like he took this opportunity to be like, eh, I don't need you for no reason whatsoever. But he actually did it with a purpose. But Nebula didn't know what that purpose was. So that makes sense, I guess. It, it still kind of fits. So how did you feel about that whole revisiting of Vormir and the basically suicide off yeah, between really Hawkeye weird. and Black Widow? Try like that mission. That was that crazy. Mission was talk. not going to go well for nobody. All. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was really. It's really sad, and um, you know, obviously spoilers. But oh, all the yeah, spoilers. Black Widow's the first to die. And the first May original Avenger to die. Yeah, and yeah, so it's really, yeah. She, they were, yeah, they were basically fighting on who was going to take their life, and she really wanted it to be Clint Hawkeye because he did have a family to go back to. And my the whole th- my theory was that I knew it was going to be her trying to do it and going to succeed because she had nothing. She had nothing to live for. I mean, she was sitting in front of the 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 button, but the people. Um, all the time. She had done a lot of bad things. And meanwhile, he at least had a life. And But they loved each other. Um, and he didn't want to do it. And he didn't do it. She did it to herself. And, and, and I like the fact that it was... Like, they established, they established their friendship in the Avengers. But you don't know if it's like a romantic thing or a friendship thing. And I like that ultimately in Age of Ultron, it was revealed to be a friendship thing. So you have a... As far as we know, platonic relationship between two a man and a woman, which you don't usually a lot of times you don't see that, like a, a friendship this strong, portrayed on screen between a man and a woman. It's usually like, well, they're friends, but then it's going to be when Harry met Sally stuff, and they're going to end up falling in love. Or what can two men, a man, a man and a woman? I thought they were going to kiss. Yeah, yeah, but then that would have felt like a shitty move for yeah. Hawkeye to make. He's got a wife and kids that are supposedly going to come back at some point when they when they you know fix things. Uh, and she's got a movie coming out, which has heavily been speculated to be a prequel anyway. And he's got a Disney Plus series that we don't know when that's going to be set exactly. I'm assuming after this, maybe he's uh, supposed to be training Kate Bishop, who in the comics becomes the next Hawkeye. So maybe that'll be the Disney Plus show. And then we won't really necessarily see Jeremy Renner in the movies anymore. And Kate Bishop will show up in one of the other future Marvel movies as Hawkeye. I don't know how that's going to play out, but I agree with you. I think it, it went the way it was supposed to go, and she, her whole life, though, like last since she joined Shield, has been making up for the terrible things she did, and she sacrificed her life to save people. So, you know, that's a pretty honorable way to go, I assume. So, yeah, that was it was sad, but I think you know, ScarJo has been in this thing since 2010 with Iron Man 2, so pretty early, almost as early as as uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. So um, I, th- I think that was I think it was it was emotional, but it was satisfying the way that that played out, and that's pretty much all that happens there is that whole thing. Um, so we should anything more on Vormir, I guess, or New York for that matter. No, I think we covered it. We okay. need to we need to keep get moving. To There's a lot more. We haven't even gotten the third yeah. act yet. So I'm going to save Morag for last because we also have. Uh, Asgard and uh, the side mission. Uh, so the Asgard, pretty much, um, they're going. They go there the day that 
the day that Malekith is actually going to kill Frigga. So Thor has gained all this weight, he's lost his way, and he gets this really heartfelt, this really beautiful opportunity to talk to his mom, who sees through right away that you're not, you're not my Thor. You're not the Thor of this time. Well, I mean, I think the beer belly also gives it away, too. Right, but he's wearing big flowing cloth, so, you know, I think he was like... And a hoodie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is all kind of, I guess, an illusion, because the quantum suit just, like, changes back, remember? Oh, yeah. So, Which oh, is cool. Okay. Uh, but she's got she you know raised by witches apparently she said so she's like, like witchcraft which is where loki learned what he knows from his mom so um so yeah so she he she knows pretty fast that this is not thor and thor gets an opportunity to talk to her and kind of get a little bit of counsel from his late mom which was really one of the many times i got choked up in this movie yeah that was really sweet and i think that it's good that he didn't try to save her because that's well, he wanted to, and she was like, "No, no, don't. This is not. You're not here for this. You're not here for me. Do your thing. Get up." And Rocket, meanwhile, sneaks in and, like, I guess, extracts the ether from Natalie Portman with the with the intention, we should say, that they're going to go back and return all these stones after the, they get them for what they need, and just that way, none of that way, none of. So all, she had like a stone in her. Like, did it I turn know it? it's like this red liquid, like gal, like whatever thing. It's it's strange. That's why I didn't like that movie very much, because I didn't well, understand the ether. <laughs> the MacGuffin is, that's the ether is the most terrible of the stones, I think. Which is why it's unfortunate that to, to retrieve that, they had to go to the only movie that it was really relevant to. So then we moved into, so that's Asgard. It's pretty much just so Thor can have a conversation with his mom, which is a really powerful, which is a really great moment. And um, I, I, you know, I'm glad that they got Rene Russo back for that. Uh, and then they just move past. That's pretty much the. Uh, that's kind of all that happens on Asgard. They don't really interact with Loki. We see him in his cell for a second, just throwing his little. And like, there was thing applause for that too. Yeah, because every time he shows, every time Loki shows up, people lose their minds. But they don't really interact with kind of anything else beyond that. So the main one that we need to talk about. Oh, the side mission first. So Cap, uh, not Cap, Iron Man and Ant Man lose the Tesseract because Loki's a trickster and he gets away with it. The, the Loki that just tried to take over the world. Finally, he gets that Tesseract back. Which is a sign he could be back in these other movies. I guess. Because uh, now he has a different timeline. Like, yeah, like an offshoot or something. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's Because nobody that, knows what happened to him. Maybe. So maybe that'll be the Loki Disney Plus series, what Loki was up to right in that, Who that knows? Loki. Maybe. Ooh, I'm excited. I'm going to watch all these things. You'll never see me again. I'm glad it was Kai that came up with this one. That was a good row. idea. No, maybe. That's a possibility. Uh, I mean, they're going to go back and put the stones back when they got them, but that creates a little weird anomaly at least. So they have to go back. They have, they just be like, all right, where else where they, we need we one more shot. We have only pin particles to get back home or to do the side mission to get the Tesseract, but also more pin particles. So they go back to 1972. What is essentially the, the SSR scientific or special scientific reserve, whatever, but it's, Oh, the, I thought you said the, USSR. No, no, the, the predecessor to what would become shield. Uh, and they interact with a young Hank Pym, the de-aged Michael Douglas, uh, Cap gets to stand outside and, and see Peggy's office and get that, that moment of longing. I'm really surprised about you didn't see him through the blinds. I would have well, spotted that. She maybe, but head. it was it was just eyes. shadowy enough. She wasn't really looking for him. She wasn't expecting anybody to be there. I think she's supposed to. So with 1970s, she's probably 50s in her 50s, I guess, right? Because she's like 20 something in First Avenger, and that's 45. Right. So she gets he gets to kind of he gets to see Peggy and they they they've done a good job 
with the whole cap and Peggy thing of threading it through so you never forget how important that person is to him. Even though the only scene they have post First Avenger, the only scenes they have together are in a vision in Age of Ultron. No pun, no pun intended with Vision. Uh, or and in uh, when she's all when she's old in, in Winter Soldier. Civil and War? He's, no, no, when she's old in Winter Soldier. And he visits her in the hospital and she's like 80-something, oh, 90 years old. And right. and she like forgets who he is. She's like, oh, Steve, you're back. Like she's, she's clearly suffering from Alzheimer's or some form of dementia, like basically on her on her deathbed, which is why when Civil War, she passes away. So, But every movie with Cap, they remind you, hey, he really loved Peggy. That He never got that dance. So they like drill that into your head. And we'll get to the third part of this movie in a little bit, which I'm sure will be interesting. Um, so he gets to see her and they reiterate that yet again, in addition to the fact that, you know, young Cap was like, hey, where'd you get that little, the little picture with the compass? That's my girl. I was supposed to dance with her and I know she's old and gross. I'm not into it anymore. Um, so, but the more important part of that side mission is Tony Stark gets to interact with his dad and we get closure on his other emotional baggage, which is his relationship, his contentious relationship with his father. And now that Tony Stark has a kid, gets to relate to his dad about having, when he was, when his mom was pregnant with him. And that was, as a dad, I was like, oh my God, this is like maximum daditude going on here. So how, what were your thoughts of that whole, like bringing up the two, as you mentioned, the two leads of this whole franchise, the two people who are in the most movies of this whole 22 film saga and you know, kind of refreshing their emotional wounds for where the movie ends up with the both of them. Yeah. I say this term not to be <sighs> negative to it because I do, I do think the sentimentality was really sweet and a good form of closure for our two heroes. But I feel like they were both scenes were emotionally manipulative because oh maybe yeah like, yeah a lot what of a coincidence Captain America happens to go in. Right, right in front of the same well, door were, as Peggy, I mean, and he and right. Iron Man, Tony Stark ends up meeting, seeing the only person in the room was his dad. I well, mean, it's also so, but but I understand. I mean, it's not that's what I'm saying. It's like I, yeah, yeah. I think it's I think that's very sweet, and that's good that they got to have that moment because um, it definitely with what happens in the third act that does that is good closure for Tony Stark and. Um, and I guess that is a predecessor to what happened in third act with Captain America. But, you know, it's still kind of a ploy to, you know, man- manipulate your emotions. As a counterpoint to that, yes, but one, that's sto- storytelling. And two, the uh, having, as you mentioned earlier, re-listened to the Infinity War commentary, the, the Russos are very cognizant of treating each of these movies as as self-contained as they can. I mean, this one is really hard to do, like, because if you haven't seen any of these other movies, you'll get it, but not really. You won't feel it the same way. Um, for the same reason that they reintroduced the Infinity Stones at the beginning of Infinity War. It would be really cool, but I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, is if they had the original Howard Stark in this, Dominic... Dominic Cooper? Yeah. Well, but at this age time, this period, he would have been played by, I think, John Slattery is more age appropriate for what they were looking for. I know, but I'm just saying because he like, only Dominic Cooper he plays him in the 40s, and this was before that they were doing the the technology, the aging and de aging thing. They established they established Dominic Cooper in Captain America: The First Avenger, and they established John Slattery in Iron Man Two before that. So that's the only example in which two actors play the same character at different ages. Everyone else, Haley Atwell has played 
Agent Carter, Peggy Carter at 20 something in First Avenger and at like 90 something. And like, that's the only example Howard Stark is of that happening. Because they established both those actors early on. And they're like, well, we don't want to recast. We already did that. I know. Poor guy, though. Poor actor. He's probably like, well, damn, I wanted to be part of this Marvel. Dominic Cooper? Yeah. He was on on Agent Carter, the show. I guess. Which now I kind of want to watch with you because Agent Carter is great. And I'm sure it'll be on Disney Plus. And I never... It is. I'm sure. I've never finished the second season. So we can... There's only two seasons. We'll probably watch that. But Dominic Cooper is there. Oh, and... Oh, and before we get past that, we should mention, too, that... Uh, the actor whose name I'm totally blanking on. I'm going to look it up now. What character was it? I don't uh, remember. The Jarvis character. Oh, I don't know. So Jarvis was in there. James Darcy, who, who remember, was in Let's Be Cops. He was the bad guy in Let's Be Cops. Not And then I saw him. Guy? That's him playing Jarvis. That guy was so scary. I know he was scary. He's a great actor. That's what I'm saying. And a random movie like Let's Be Cops, which is fun, but, you know, not, like, super, like, impressive or anything, but a fun movie nonetheless. Uh, the villain in that, but he's super British, first of all, which he's not in Let's Be Cops. And in this movie, is he's reprising. This is the first time we've ever seen a Marvel TV person in, like, other than Coulson, who started in the movies, a person, a character that was played originally on Marvel TV in a Marvel movie. This is the first time that's ever happened, and it was him playing Jarvis, who ends up being the inspiration for Tony Stark to name his AI Jarvis later on in life. Um, so you get a little cameo from him, which as a, as a, I obviously hadn't finished Agent Carter, but as a fan of that show, it was really fun for me. Like, oh my God, Jarvis, what the fuck? Uh, so I love that. And, uh, okay. So I was saying as, uh, the Russo brothers, they're very much wanting to keep everything as self-contained as possible. So it's, I think it was important for them since they were going to end the, uh, the journeys of Cap and Iron Man in this movie. No, you know, we'll get to wow how in a second. It was very important to them that they have reiterate those you know they bring Howard Stark back into it they bring the bond like Tony Stark's relationship to being a father and his own father full circle because of the way that the the movie literally ends with Tony Stark his last line of dialogue is via recorded message to his daughter and Cap's last scene is with with Peggy so I think that it was very important for them to to remind people that that was happening or for people that have only maybe seen some of the movies to then only gotten the gist to really bring that home. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to your point, of course, they only like, hey, I randomly run into you. But that happened in Back to the Future all the time where, you know, they're like, oh, it's it's you. Oh, it's crazy weather we're having and things like that. You know what I mean? That happened a lot. So as a fan of time travel stuff, I'll allow it because that's the kind of stuff you only get from time travel movies. So the last mission, which is saved for last on purpose because it perfectly transitions into the third act uh, the Morag thing. So we get that great moment with, with Quill singing Come and Get Your Love, looking like a doofus, where... Like, you, uh, I go ahead. I interrupt you. Yes, I could please. totally tell that that was a reshoot because I don't feel like the... I don't feel like Chris Pratt really acted with as much passion and his energy as, as he did in the first Guardians. Five years ago? Like, you could tell there was... Like, I could tell there was... I'm sure some of that some was a little bit off. I'm sure like some of that was archive footage too, though. Was maybe some of it, but this one, I don't know. It was subtle, but I noticed it. It's five years older, Kai. Time takes its toll. And he's a big star now. Yeah, he's getting that that sweet, sweet Jurassic World money. So we get that great moment in the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's all about the music, and it opens with Quill singing as no, it doesn't open with, but that's like the credit sequence singing along with "Come and Get Your Love" on his headphones, and we're all in it because this this music is playing. 
into the movie too. So it's, you know, it's diegetic and then it's in the movie, but it's also like we're hearing it. And, uh, you get that great like outside point of view where where uh, Rhodey uh, and uh, Nebula are watching him dance around to the music with his headphones in, and then Rhodes says that thing that you pointed out earlier. Go ahead. He's an idiot, right? So he's an idiot. And he's yeah. And you had you took issue with the fact that they made Star Lord and Ant Man out to be kind of idiots, even though Star Lord is kind of a man child, and he's yeah he's good at like certain combat things and with his guns, but other than that, he's not really like a strategic thinker or anything. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, and I guess my whole point with why I even brought it up is there was absolutely no purpose to him saying that. Like, it didn't it add was funny. Any, it didn't add anything to the plot. Have you ever seen those videos online where they take, like, the, the happy video by Pharrell Williams and they take out the music and then it just, then they put sound effects over it instead and then it's like... And it makes all these people look like insane people? I think it was kind of that that kind of that type of humor, where if you take if you take the music out and you're not like enveloped in the song the way that Star Lord is, it just looks like a crazy person dancing around on a planet where you're supposed to be pulling a heist. I mean, I'll allow. I, I understand the Ant Man thing is a little bit of the butt of the joke because he's Paul Rudd and he's got a, like a goofy sensibility about him. But Star Lord is kind of an idiot. You know, people love him or whatever, but he is kind of he's yeah he's hasn't matured past the age of ten or twelve or wherever he was when he got taken. Mentally. So I, I like that joke. I thought it was funny. So they go in there and, and Nebula gets the, the stone. But then there's the... the tell me oh how stressed man, out you oh were God. during this and why. Okay. So we were talking about earlier about these emotional moments. So Nebula 2014 in Morag or something. Who's evil and has come a long way. That's the other thing. Like Captain America, we get two Nebulas. So it like perfectly uh, contrasts how far she has come since her first appearance in these movies, too. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I interrupted your interruption, probably. <laughs> um, all of a sudden, so, so bad Nebula, well, sorry, Nebula from 2014 is talking to Thanos and Gamora, and all of a sudden her eye goes wonky and starts showing Robert uh, Tony Stark and the other Avengers talking about stones, and Thanos is like, what? What is that? What is so Nebula in 2023 gives away the entire plan on accident? Yeah, yeah, not on purpose. Yeah, and um, that sets it sets things in motion for things to go very badly, and it, yeah, it was very stressful. Because, I wish, and I, then so Thanos. Can I tell you again? So that yeah, so that just bring us into Act Three, and um, Thanos is like. Bring me the duplicate, you know. Bring me, bring me the other one, because you know Thanos is clearly he's very intelligent, and he's like, yeah, there's, there's, I guess two of them. So bring me the other one, and he gets so the new one, Nebula from 2023, is able to reenact exactly what happened in the first part of the movie. Well, I guess the whole Infinity War and the other part of the movie, and um, yeah. So Thanos so figures out, they're not trying to stop me from doing something. They're trying to fix something that I already did. Like, I reached my destiny. This has been my life's goal is to, to get that freaking glove and snap my fingers. And I, and I like the fact that you... He didn't seem very moved when he got his head cut off. He's like, oh. He's like, eh, whatever. It's my destiny. I achieved what I needed to. So he's totally fine with that. He's like, yeah, I died. That's I cool. would be whatever. like, I'd be very traumatized. He's like, hey, my head. I need that. That's supposed to be on my neck. Uh, but, you know, whenever you have, like, 
duplicate people, you always have the good person in the bad. You, like you see that cliche in like every show. The bad and the bad. We're like, oh, which one is which? No, that kind of thing. Like which, like the like the loved one of that of the duplicate person, like with a gun on them. Like, how do I know which one to shoot? It was like Isn't a little bit of that. Powers? Oh, Austin Powers, Family Guy did a play on it. Like everything that has duplicate I, things has that. I want to see the Muppets bad. even I did see that. The bad versus more bad. That's the movie. I want to see. Well, Nebula's still not. She's good, but she's not good. Good. She's still a little weird and a little dark. We all are, Rob. We all some, are. Some more than most. Yes. So then you get the face down, the showdown between Gamora and and the two Nebulas, where the good Nebula is trying is appealing to. Hey, I know that you're a lot better of a person than you're pretending to be right now because she's like on the verge of already rebelling against Thanos at that point, leading into the original Guardians. Um, and of course we get more Gamora, which I love Zoe Saldana, and I missed her in, this, in a lot of this movie up to that point. And I thought she was one of the best parts of Infinity War. So you get the Nebula taking over the other Nebula's place and the good Nebula kills the bad Nebula. Now we're getting to the third act. but So the whole thing ends up where we have Nebula infiltrating the group and coming back to, like, the good Nebula actually comes back to the future, right? The bad Nebula and good Nebula both come. No, no, first the bad Nebula comes back because she took, she she's um, not just driven by anger and actually was useful. And, 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 and had pimp particles and, and the good Nebula had pimp particles in her head. For her, for her retreat yeah. trip back. And I think you even mentioned at one point. Hell she even knew what that was. Oh, because they went through the whole plan and the, they saw all they watched. They watched all the previous movies. So it's they just like, basically stood around like twenty minutes. I guess, yeah. How much did these movies do for Nebula too? These two movies did a lot of work for Nebula. Like I liked her; she was fine in the first Guardians, and I liked her a lot in the second one. But I feel like she's been hugely pivotal in these two movies. <laughs> I love Karen Gillan in these movies. I think she was a lot of fun in this role, and I like that they actually gave Nebula a pivotal part in this in this story. And that they left it open for her to return. I mean, she doesn't die in this movie. Like, the good Nebula doesn't die in this. So, so anyway, we the Nebula switchover happens. And then shit ensues. And Thanos actually ends up coming. The bad Nebula opens a portal for Thanos to come with Pascamora, with good Nebula. And the Black Order and all his army and crap. From the path, from 2014 to 20, to our time, to 2023, I guess. And he comes for the, the stones that, yeah, the, that the Avengers have collected. And they blow the sh- he blows the shit out of the Avengers headquarters and everything collapses. And we're like, like oh my god. And then that works out so well for him because he's like, oh, great. Thank it, you for getting all my work, guys. Yeah. I spent the my, whole last movie getting everything. You're, my, you're my real children of Thanos. Yeah, sort of. Appreciate it. So, so the, the, as I said, the first act is the Leftovers Avengers edition. The second act is time travel shenanigans with the Avengers. And the third act is Thanos coming to our time to reclaim the, the Infinity Gauntlet. And so, uh, let's see if I remember correctly. So everything, so Black Widow's sacrificed herself. They got all the stones. They come back, blah, blah, blah. And they will grieve her, too. Yeah, they grieve her, which, of course, is important. And then... Uh, past Nebulae's, um, and now I'm on the Wikipedia because I want to, uh, I want to make sure we hit everything. Back in the present, Banner and Thor can rebuild the, so the three, the Infinity Gauntlet's rebuilt, and then what's well, rebuilt? Isn't it? Re- it's like re- it's the Iron Man rebuilt. Hulk shake uh, snaps. 
Hulk snaps because he's like, I'm the only one that's strong enough to do this. Well, Thor was, but 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 you didn't mention that Thor was fighting to do it. He's like, he oh, do it, I'm a god. Well, I should do he it. Also, and he wanted to redeem himself. But his mind himself. is not in the right place. Right? He he's wanted to redeem himself. Doing it from the wrong, he's not thinking clearly and things. I think that that was a, who knows like, what he's Let gonna, me take your keys, man. You and, can't drive. Exactly. And this was the thing that you think you needed to clarify. You're like, wait a minute. He just snapped his fingers. Did he just kill everybody? I'm like... It's it's whatever you have in your mind, whatever your will is. You're like, I want this to happen. I want a, a bazillion dollars right here on this table. Snap, and it appears. What does that have to do with... The, oh, because it all you has were, to do with you your soul. Con- it's, it's with what you want to happen when you snap your fingers. It's like your genie <gasps> and birthday your wish. A cake. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, a little bit. Oh. A little bit like that. Uh, so it's basically like that. So when well, the why Hulk, does he need the other? Why do they need the other stones? Like the stole stone sounds like it's the, the shit. No, like that's you need, what they but need. it. But the idea, and I've listened to the Infinity War commentary, so I know this. The idea is for something as far-reaching and as epic in scope as all the people in the universe. You need all six stones. It's like you can't build. You can't build this giant Lego thing unless you have all the pieces. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. You can build part of it, and like here's a tower or whatever. I don't know why I thought of Lego. Our, our, our child has Legos all the time. Is, uh, so she was huh? One of the other things I've heard about analogies I've heard is vending machines. What does that have to do? You with can't it? put if if you want a Coke and the Coke is a dollar, which I don't think they're a dollar anymore. You can't just put seventy five cents in and think you're going to get it. Yeah, you got to put like, the full thing. How much is it now for like a a, a can or a bottle of like of, of soda in the machine? This, we, is, we, this is a legitimate we, question. We were kids; it was like fifty cents. And now it's probably like $2 or something. Oh, and they even accept credit cards now, too. That's crazy. But yeah, you have to put the in... kids don't know how well you have it. You have to put in 100%. Yeah, exactly. Okay, anyway. Hulk gets the, the, the gauntlet. <laughs> hey, that was deep. Hulk gets the gauntlet and snaps and supposedly brings everybody back. But the only way we know is because Hawkeye's phone starts ringing and it's Linda Cardellini. being like, jinkies. That was a great picture of her, too. I'm like, yeah, man, that was I a wish my picture looked like that anymore. I do have a little bit of a Linda Cardellini like thing. She's like, ugh. You have a little Cardo- Linda Cardellini thing going on. No, I guess. she like had her hand behind her head. She was in a simple favor, too. But, you know, Thanos is coming, and that's when he blows up Avengers uh, headquarters, HQ. And it becomes a big showdown between Cap and Thor and Iron Man. And then, I think this is when it happens, right? Yes. I have to and say. And then it. the biggest freaking thing happens. The biggest, by far, the biggest cheer in a movie filled with many cheers. Was it, does Thor throw it? Or does it just appear? How does it? I don't even remember oh how or where it comes from. Well, oh no, Thor takes okay, the item me, in question. I'm it. not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. Thor takes the item in question from Asgard to test his worthy metal. I wasn't gonna use the word <laughs> worthiness because that was too obvious, uh, and brings it back with him, and then does something, and then go. So. The biggest reaction was so the three of them were all working together. God, I'm to, so excited to, to see this defeat, again. Defeat Thanos and like Captain America welded Molnir the hammer. Like he got he caught it and then wielded, not welded. He didn't make we, a new one. <laughs> welded he, means he like built it out of like out of a mold, like or a uh, star, it, it tree, a the, star, the, the like yeah. I was yeah. gonna say like um, the dwarf. He wielded it, so so he like he got he caught. He's Molnir. worthy, bitches. Yeah, he caught. And then Molnir, sort of the line. He like lunged. He like it was sort of like wheeling around. It was amazing, and 
And Thor yeah. says has a line that I didn't hear because people were cheering. Something like I knew I knew he was worthy or something oh, like I'd that. Oh, I heard it. Oh, something like that, right? Yeah. Because there was that moment, again, fan service like a mother fudge, where in Age of Ultron, he like picks it, they're like, Oh, you're not worthy or whatever. And then Captain America goes for it and it like moves a half like very budget slightly and Thor's like, Oh crap. And then Cap's like, ha, never mind, whatever. And he's like, ha ha ha, you couldn't move it on. So this is the payoff to that moment from Age and of Ultron. And Thor this time was happy about it. Well, yeah, he needed he had Stormbreaker at that point too. So so he had his weapon and Cap was wielding the shield. Is this when that happens or is it a little later? Anyway, it doesn't matter. At some point in this epic hour-long confrontation, which I think it is around there, Cap is wielding the shield and Mjolnir. Mjolnir. That's a hard word to say, so I took it a couple of times. I like it when Cap Cap Dennis goes, meow, meow. <laughs> so the shield and meow, meow. And... Is bam, 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 back and forth with Thanos. So, and Thunder. I like... And Thunder. Thunder. Uh, it's another Imagine Dragons, isn't it? Yes, it is. Oh, God. So, and I like that all three of the main heroes, they're the, the three pillars who have had their each of their trilogies in this movie, the three heroes that we could basically say goodbye to at this point, if we wanted to. All of them, the three of them walk out to Thanos, Captain America, Iron Man, and Fat Thor all walk out there to fight Thanos, to face him. And that's right before the moment happens that you mentioned. Yeah, and actually it did happen because what was going on was um, Oh, Thanos, his shield gets jacked Thanos, up. Well, Thanos was, well, using, Thanos was using Stormbreaker to basically go into Thor's chest. He was oh, like yeah. holding him down. And, and it was going into him. And there was like blood. And all of a sudden, Captain America wields the... Wields, did I give you all a complex yeah, about wields? No, sorry. Wields meow meow. Meow meow. And and then he's like basically he's Captain America kind of becomes the last superhero standing because I think Iron Man is down first, and then second becomes Thor, and Captain America's next. And then with all of the shenanigans that are going on, and Thanos is just sheer power, he manages to I guess he did break the shield with meow meow. No, I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't he break it with, with the thing. He breaks it with his sword or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That scary sword. That scary, like, double-sided sword. It's like a Darth Maul-style yeah. double-sided and so, weapon. And, like, Captain America is, like, beat beat up really bad. His, is that when... His shield is broken. He was very astonished because this shield is, you know, it, Is that strong. when he's, like... Bear in mind, guys, we've only seen this movie once. If, I'd, if it had been, like, Office Space or something that we'd seen more, we maybe would be a little more well-versed is that in this. Is that when he's, like... Oh, burn it all down, and says to his Ebony Mar, or whoever, and he's like, "Oh, but what about our troops?" He's like, "I don't care. Blow this, blow no. this up." Oh no! That, and that's no. when our my girl no, that shows was way up. Way later. Not yet. So what happens? That was way later. So <laughs> you're. Uh, I can't even believe. So wait, what am I? What am I missing you're, here? <laughs> no, the portal thing didn't happen yet. Oh wait, you did. Oh okay. So, okay. So 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 the main three, <laughs> and happen, then guys. Hawkeye is lost down there, getting the the the, the uh, gauntlet. And he's, going he's after got that, there's like hell dogs. Hawk, Hawk, uh, like Hulk hell, is like under like there. Hell dogs are going after him or something. Yeah, those were from the they were in Infinity War. What were those things again? The Outriders, I think. Is that yeah right from right. Infinity War from Wakanda battle? Right. So this is not even really a review anymore. This is just us like geeking out about this whole thing. <laughs> So uh, Hulk and, and Ant-Man are somewhere in the rubble. Uh, Nebula's on the ship being like, you know, trying to, come on, good Gamora, let's do this. We can do it. Gamora, good Gamora. Gamora's always good. God, Gamora. I love Gamora Because so Gamora was like, what happened with us? And like, then we become sisters. And, oh, my God. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. Um, 
And then Gamora's in. She's I, in the game. I'm so excited. The more we're talking about this, the more I'm super psyched to see this again. Which, by the time you're listening to this, I will have seen it as the second time. And I will be so happy to do so. Um, so, I'm trying to account for all our events. Black Widow's dead. Spoilers. And uh, the three main guys go over there. So, th- they're the three main people are trying to hold it down as much as they can. And then... A bunch of portals open up. Well, first, who shows? Oh, no! Oh, Cap's the call. Cap is like about to like. All right, we're gonna take. We're gonna do what we can, whatever. And then Cap is hears in his hel- in his helmet. He's like, Cap, it's Sam. Blah blah blah. Whatever. And, and, and I'm then, on your left. I'm on your left. Oh my god! <laughs> on your left, and people lost their shit again for like the twentieth time. Guys, this is this is not the wine talking. This is like the best movie ever made. Uh, and then the portal's open. So, and, oh God, which is a callback to Winter Soldier, the on-your-left thing, obviously, for people that are listening to this and for some reason don't know. So awesome. So, like, you can call this Marvel fan service the movie. I don't care, but it all, everything is a callback to other things, and it, it's so, it is so beautiful. And then it's a sea of portals. The track on the score, which I've been listening to today, <clears throat> is literally called portals and all these portals are opening up and black panther shows up scarlet witch Witch shows up with shuri and okoye uh scarlet witch shows up bucky shows up with the falcon shows up uh i'm saving one but one person for last here the guardians all drax and star lord and uh, Groot all show up i'm trying to think whoever who else who else went poof in the in the snap uh, all the people that went poof in the Wasp shows Doctor up. Strange shows up. Wasp shows Wasp up. Wasp shows up. Basically, any hero we've ever <laughs> met in these movies, I'm saving one person. Do you know who I'm saving? I don't know yet. I'm saving this person for last. No, that's okay, not go, how it Pepper Potts with a Pepper, Iron Man mask on her head. Pepper Potts and shows up as rescue is what her alter ego in the comic. Pepper Potts shows up to save Iron Man, and then of course, everybody's fa- our daughter's favorite, the one of the few superheroes she knows by name. Spider-Man shows up, and it's like, oh, hey, Mr. Stark. He's like, oh, I, were you there? Was it weird? Was Did this happen? I was all dusty, and Dr. Strange was there, and then he's like, oh, five years have passed, and they need our help, and Tony Stark, just gives him, Tony Stark just gives him the biggest, most authentic and heartwarming hug that I've ever seen on screen. That is such a beautiful payoff of that, such a, a wonderful inverse of the moment where it's like, I'm sorry, I don't want to go, the thing from Infinity War. Oh, so it's perfect. Perfect. So many moments in this movie are perfect. And bless you, Russo Brothers, for making this thing. Oh, and Valkyrie shows up. Valkyrie with her, with her Pegasus. All and, that. Her, and her chicks, right? Pretty much. Over ladies there with her? I guess, probably. And it was an army of, like, Wizards everybody. and Wakandans and all the heroes. And then Thanos is like, all right, blow this shit away. You know, take them all out. Take Right? They, they're fighting, and then Thanos eventually, at some point, oh, yeah, Thanos right. is like, oh, oh, hold on. Oh, right, because I got to mention this other moment. Right, well, so Hawkeye shows up, Hawkeye shows up with the gauntlet, and Black Panther, which I pointed this out to you last night after we watched the movie, and then Black Panther's like, Clint, give it to me, which I love. Which but is, you miss a, oh, sorry. We, we miss, well, we miss, well, we, we miss a big part before the portal, okay, so go, and then I'll get that to actually that. does, because exp- we just, I mean, people already saw this, but, but before the portal, Thanos even says, like, it was never personal. But I'm gonna really enjoy doing this. And then he calls his army, and right. his army comes up from right, the sky. Right. And then that's when they clearly, I mean, all those people can defeat Thanos, but not all those 
but he needs more people. They need more people to defeat Thanos and his army. Don't be surprised in, in like August or whatever when this comes out on Blu-ray. I'm absolutely going to clear my schedule and spend five hours watching both of these back to back. Because this whole, this whole, like, maybe individually Infinity War and or Endgame might not be like the, might not be the best superhero movie ever made. But I think collectively this two-part story is probably, and I'm putting this on mic, so... It's probably the best superhero story that we've ever seen on on film. Better than The Dark Knight, better than anything MC, uh, Marvel, or DC, or anybody has done. I feel like this whole, collectively, this two-part thing, it's the most impressive as far as scope, as far as storytelling, as far as character and and plot thread management that I've I've ever seen in this kind of blockbuster filmmaking. Yeah, and you did compare it to Return of the King. It is. It feels like Return of the King. It's the end of this story in the way that that was the end oh, of that like a epic lot of story. people coming together. So but that's where I'm getting. That's perfect. Thank you. Perfect segue. So Hawkeye shows up and Black Panther's like, Clint, give it to me, the, the Infinity Gauntlet. So you get Black Panther, who, as you listen to this podcast, is like my favorite, one of my favorite people in the MCU, probably until now, my favorite movie in the MCU, uh, running around with the Infinity Gauntlet through this crowd of like crazy battle shit. And what I love about that moment is that it references in Civil War when Clint introduces himself to T'Challa. I almost said Wakanda. The king of Wakanda, T'Challa. And he says, uh, I'm Clint, by the way. And then T'Challa's like, I don't care. And the, imp- the implication in this moment is that had all these heroes been connected, been on the same page, worked through their differences, and been united against this evil from the start... Thanos would have never stood a chance. In that way, it feels like Return of the King, where you have hobbits and wizards and rangers and elves and dwarves and men and everybody teaming up against this one force that's that's trying to destroy all of them. It felt very much like that thematically. And then, and someone who you you go online, you read the news, everything is very divisive and everybody's at each other's throats. Whereas a movie with a female superhero comes out and people are like at odds about it. I'm like, really, dudes? It's a, it's a, it's a girl who happens to be a superhero. It's a woman who happens to be a superhero. Who cares? Whatever. Let it be. Why are we fighting about this, let alone the millions of actual... Millions is a little exaggerated, but the many, many actual issues that we have to face in this world and politically and socially and everything so divided. If all these superpowered, like, special, and, and, um, special people could look past all that garbage and come together, they're unstoppable. And that was the message. And that's part of why I was doing that weird vibrating thing in the movie theater. Because it's, it's you know, if you look at the metaphor of that, it being like, if we all Americans, Europeans, Asians, uh, Australians, Antarcticans. Don't forget about Canadians. Well, I guess, I, yeah, I guess North, I guess I meant North America. America, North Americans, South Americans, Africans. If we all came together, Black, white, gay, straight, bi, trans, woman, man, whatever. Look, there's nothing we can't accomplish. We could save the planet. We could change our future. There's like, and that was part of probably part of why, like, that's everything in sci fi fantasy horror is all metaphors for other things. And that was the big metaphor that I was getting from this movie. It's like, look, you spent 22 movies meeting all these characters. Look at what happens when they're all, when they're all combined, all their powers put together. This one asshole that's trying to bring it all down. F this guy. He has no chance when we all stand as one. The problem is that we're all divided constantly over petty bullshit. And that's the issue. And that's why I think that one, even that, that whole sequence, but especially I'm, I think it's, it's emblem. I think it, that one moment with Hawkeye and Black Panther was emblematic of that larger point. 
that they've they're now on the same page. Whereas before he's like, yeah, I don't care know who you are. Just, I have my mission and I'm on my own path. Everybody's on the same path here. Everybody's on the same page and everybody knows that take, take down Thanos is the only thing that matters. Go ahead. Well, and it's interesting because actually even in the beginning of the movie, Captain Marvel was on her own mission. Right. And she got like called out oh, yeah, for yeah, that yeah. by Rogue. Yeah, she did. And then she, she did. became... Well, part that's the, the part we're getting to. So there's this huge battle going on. Thanos is not having all this struggle back and forth. See, I'm getting the weird vibrating thing a little bit now as I'm talking about it. So all this stuff is happening. All the dead people are back. It's five years later, so I don't know how Peter Parker is going to figure that out. But Peter Parker uh, gets his hands on the gauntlet. And and uh, Thanos is like, burn them all down. Do your- Oh, 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 oh. And Peter Parker... Gets into his uh, kill mode, instant kill. Which remember, there's a moment in Spider-Man: Homecoming where he's, she's like, "Oh, he, um, Karen is like, oh, do you want me to pick one for you?" And she's like, "Sure, go for it." And he's like, "Instant." She's like, "Instant kill mode activated." He's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 take it down." And in this movie, he's like, "Activate instant kill mode," and he's like, <laughs> "Which was amazing callback again." What? Go ahead. So did this happen before or after Carol? The other scene that was awesome. I mean, as a woman, the whole I thing. Oh, 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 uh, it happened after because Carol's a part of that. So uh, Spider-Man, everybody's doing their thing. And then Thanos, I know I've mentioned that like four times, but there's a lot to say. This is, again, we're only 24 hours. We only, we're less than, little over 24 hours ago after, as of this recording, we were still watching this movie. Well, can I say it part? Oh man. Okay. So Thanos has well, burned him down and then go. I feel like I have a close connection to this. So. Sure. Go for it. Well, you've also been talking about it. Well, yeah, go. So okay. I got really passionate about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So um, Spider-Man, he's going to go, he's got that gauntlet. He needs to go deliver it to the the, the quantum truck. And, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then he's like, what what's, are we going to be okay? And then all the badass No, 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 no. You're skipping something. I must be. You skipped what I was talking. Let me say my thing first. So then Thanos is like, burn them all down. And then Ebony Mar, whoever is like, oh, what about our troops? Is like, F that. I don't care. You got to take all these guys out. I need that gauntlet. I need those stones so I can snap my fingers again and do this all over again. And then someone comes out of the sky and tears apart his entire ship. And in all this craziness, even though I just saw it like three, two months ago, I completely forgot that Captain Marvel was not part of this yet. And Captain Marvel disposes of his whole freaking ship. You don't remember? Forgot yes, this? Yes, but I thought that the we didn't say that yet, though. That's what I'm saying. I thought that I thought the, the I thought that was after. No, she had that was her. Oh, that was her arrival in the scene. Oh, you hadn't seen the last time you saw Captain Marvel was on the call with Black Widow. Do you know what I'm about to say? Yes, you're gonna say about the the lady thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I just said that. I got it. I'm gonna edit that out. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna edit any of this. This is all. No. This is all good now. Um, so. She, the, the last time we saw Captain Marvel was on the call with Black Widow. She's like, I got some stuff going on in this other thing. I'm predicting the galaxy. You guys got Earth, so and you might not see while. me for a while. And she's got her short hair, which still digging Brie Larson with the short hair. I love I don't know. I like Captain Marvel. I like Brie Larson, but I kind of like Captain Marvel's swagger. You know, I talked about this when we did when I did the podcast with Carrie. Like, not only is she more powerful, she's got that, like, confidence, and that's kind of attractive. So I don't know. My Brie Larson thing is, is heating up here, guys. Um, so she showed, that's the last time we saw her in the movie until she shows up just in the nick of time because it's a movie, of course. And then you're going to be like, oh, manipulation, emotions. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, of course, but I don't care. This is so awesome. When this is the emotion you give me, I'll, I'll take it. So she shows up and there Thanos goes, flies right through Thanos' ship, blows the whole, kind of like she did the Ronin ship and 
Captain Marvel spoilers. Uh, and I I can't believe that two months ago I watched Captain Marvel and I forgot that Captain Marvel wasn't here yet because we had I was like oh, Spider Man, Falcon, Black Panther, and of course we knew they were gonna bring them back, but we didn't know how they were gonna bring them back. Just like watching the prequels, you know, Anakin's gonna become Vader. You don't know how that's gonna happen, but you know it's gonna happen. So. That was an amazing, like, that was one of, again, like, 600 cheer-worthy, like, huge moments. And then, uh, and then I think, who, somebody's gonna get killed. Some, I think Captain Marvel faces off against Thanos and is, like, fighting him. And that was a really fun moment where she's holding his fist and all that. And then Thanos overpowers her with the Power Stone. This is, I think, the king up your thing. I think Thanos overpowers her with the Power Stone. And that's when she stands up to him. And then the... Every woman in the in this cast basically stands behind her. If I think that's correct, is that no, wrong? Is that wrong? How's that, that wrong? That's wrong. How is that wrong then? What, because what they happen? were going to. She pro- flies through no, the ship. They were protecting. They were protecting Spider Man. Spider Man. All needed, the women were protecting yes, Spider Man. They need to go to the. They okay, to so go they. So Quantum okay, so you know, I see what we did here. So we. She flies, destroys the ship, and then as that, in the midst of all that, is when Spider Man gets the gauntlet. And then and they Spider-Man's to go, cornered. All the that's when Captain Marvel comes up. down. And then go ahead. Yeah. So when do Spider- count? Yeah. So when Spider-Man needs to go get the gauntlet, he's like, "Oh, what about you guys?" And then all the women in Marvel Cinematic A-Force. Universe, A Force baby, comes down and Minus like, Black oh, Widow. it's okay, we got you." Minus and, Black Widow, though. Yeah. And Tear. they all stood in line, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Including Gamora, Nebula, Nebula, the good Nebula, obviously. Because Bad Nebula's dead. Mantis and uh, yeah, every, Wasp, all the ladies. Okoye and Pots, Shuri and Valkyrie. Rescue. Yeah, Valkyrie. yeah, so it was like, it was a Give badass me, ladies. Kevin Feige, the, the chances of you listening to this podcast are very slim. But if you're somehow listening to this podcast, please make an A-Force movie. These women are so, all of these women are so awesome. And look what happened with Captain Marvel box office wise. What do you think will happen if you have Brie Larson and Tessa Thompson and uh, Elizabeth Olsen, we forgot Scarlett. Did you see oh, Scarlett? Yeah. And like and Zoe's like if you have this cast but of she didn't women have her part yet, did led she? by Captain Marvel and Wasp, you said Wasp, I think. Yeah. That's another billion dollars, buddy. So I'm just saying, I would I would love that. Yeah. And Scarlet Witch had her showdown with Thanos. Oh mm-hmm. man, which is great because unfortunately Vision is one of the people we don't get back in this. Yeah. So I wonder where that if they're gonna how they're gonna follow up on that because there's a WandaVision show happening soon so I don't know exactly how that's going to work or where that's going to be set or if it's going to be how, how that's going to fit in with this but yeah that was very cathartic after her last time she saw Thanos he ripped the stone out of Vision's head and so she had some payback that needed to happen there um, so yeah you know the A-Force and, the, and I've read articles that are already like oh and, and Avengers Endgame kind of hints at a new team and it was the A-Force I read the article I'm like what the hell are you talking about I was thinking it might be As Guardians of the Galaxy, which we'll get to, and it ended up being an article about A Force, and I was like, "Yeah, do that! You got so many of these people." I don't think Gwyneth Paltrow would come back because I think she's kind of done with it too. But there's like you just named like nine women, just pick six of them, and there you go. Get whoever you can get on contract, whoever you still have on contract, get them back. And I'm sure, mo- and it seems like most of them get along. Brie Larson and Tessa Thompson are like always loving on each other in social media, so. Let that happen. Let not necessarily let them have let them have as in a thing. I guess that could be that would be cool. I'm fine with that. Um, but let the, them co-star in a movie together. So yeah, no, that's that was so many again, so many great moments that I, I feel like we're just rambling on like 
jerking this movie off at this point. Uh, yeah. Because the third, the last hour is just like, hey, you want you like heroes? Get all the freaking heroes you can think of, guys. And it's just like 30 characters, like 30 something characters in a scene fighting, like not just standing that we'll get to that moment in a minute. So, uh, so she destroys the ship. Gamora and everybody goes over there. Everybody kicks ass. But Thanos still ends up getting the gauntlet when all is said and done. He does. And you're like, son of a bitch! Star Lord wasn't even Star Lord's well, point. This and far, Tony Stark, this Iron Man did ask Doctor Strange a question of, is of this all those it? Re- is this is the reality? Is this the 14 million? Is this the yeah. one? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, if I told you, then it, it wouldn't would... play out the same. Yeah. yeah. And then at a certain point, Tony Stark looks over at uh, uh, Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange holds up one finger, indicating this is the one. So I guess, I think in that moment, Tony Stark was like, am I supposed to go and try and get the gauntlet? What the hell's going on here? Like, how's this work exactly? And then that's when Tony, Doctor Strange is like, basically like, yeah, yeah, this is the one. This is our chance. This is your opportunity to save everyone. The only chance we're going to get. And you'll remember that? Very, oh, yeah. very quick, like, very quick. Like, in a way, this is a huge movie that like, cost probably two, three hundred million dollars when all is said and done. For that, for Robert Downey Jr., I'm joking, but like probably not as much as you'd think. Um, but there's a lot of small little moments of just two characters connecting, and like you know what I mean. And the fact that they fit that into something like this, a movie, as I'm doing the vibration thing again, is really impressive. And and like that's the word I keep using because like the fact that they're able to pull off Infinity War, but not only not only Infinity War, but this as well, like the culmination of 22 stories. And have everything be a reference to everything else and everything feeding into each other and ending all of those things in a satisfying way. I know we're going way long on this recording, but that's we have we're wrapping up pretty soon. So then Tony Stark, who has made himself an own little gauntlet. Like two of them, right? I guess. He like crafted when we see it. We don't really I think we I don't think we necessarily realize that he's wearing it at that point. At least I didn't. But you see him well, like Hulk making had one. one. Yeah. Because Hulk had one too, yeah. And it definitely affected Hulk. He he's got some. He's got some healing to do, but that doesn't mean he won't show up again at some point. Being mm-hmm. all, all better. Um, so Tony Stark goes over there, fights Thanos, and gets the stones. Right? Yeah, because once again, Thanos was going to be able to snap, had the gauntlet, and was going to snap his fingers yet again. And he realized... He's like, son of a bitch! It's a three-hour movie! Don't do this to us! The stones were gone. Because they were on Iron Man. And he goes... And he's like... What the... What the... (laughs) That's not what's supposed to happen! And then it cuts to Tony Stark with the stones on his gauntlet. And again, of course, predictably, the audience... (sighs) Right? Yep. And this is... And And then he snaps his finger. We should say we saw this in IMAX, too. So it was like the most screen that we can find in our area. And uh, so Iron Man snaps his fingers, and all, and I think all it of this starts. Does it start with the Black Order and the Children of Thanos, or did it start with just the random elements of his army? I think it started with just the army, just the army, the random like the Outriders and the ship and all that. And then the Children of Thanos getting dusty, and then Thanos is like, "Oh crap!" And then it's like a, kind of a close up on him, and then he starts to disintegrate, and then the audience is like. <sighs> Basically, the last hour, everybody was like out of was like out of breath by the end of it, uh, and then yeah, Thanos is no more, guys. And both Thanos, two thousand twenty-three, no, two thousand eighteen, and two thousand fourteen. So all all Thanos, I'm assuming from that point on, is no more Thanos. 
taking a moment to pause. So then that takes the big toll, as they mentioned uh, many times in this movie, Thor is wants to wield the gauntlet because it takes, you know, you not just a regular human can, can can handle the strength of it. Even Thanos takes a huge toll. It like damage. If you see in in uh, and they established that in Infinity War when Thanos snaps his fingers, Thanos, one of the most powerful beings in the universe, he's like all arm is all jacked up and he's half his face, half his, yeah, he's all like. Like, no, well, that's later. But at the end of Infinity War, he snaps his fingers, and it's and when it comes back after the he talks to what did it cost? Everything after that, and he comes back, and Thor's like, "What did you do?" And he's all like, Ugh, and his arm was all like charred and jacked up. Remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they established it already that the cost that it comes with that, with using the the gauntlet to that to the full extreme power, um, and then Hulk felt that as well. So when Tony Stark does it, he knows the cost of that, but he does it anyway because it's their last, only chance. This is their only shot. And Doctor Strange knows that because he's seen 14,605 alternative futures. And uh, Tony Stark sacrifices his life for half the universe, which I saw something that I saw somebody tweet, and I don't remember, I, I think this was actually might have been Win Lee tweet that it makes his story in Iron Man that much more potent or and poignant when you consider that whole thing uh when he's a stop when he's escaping the cave the other man that's in there with him whose name i can't remember off the top of my head the character um he's like a scientist and a family man you remember this sort of mm-hmm. yeah. so he says he's he actually tries to escape with him tony stark does and he them them you know he's actually killed in the in the in the escape by the you know the um criminal organization that kidnapped him or whatever so the terrorist that did that so he says to tony stark he says whatever you do you know basically says something i'm paraphrasing but he basically says don't waste your life you know make you know essentially the message being make good of the time that you have or you know make this make make this worth something basically make my sacrifice worth something and so because that man whose name i can't remember and i feel shitty about that whose man uh, that man died in the cave tony stark escaped became Iron Man, to his ultimate destiny of saving half the universe from extinction, from Thanos. And Tony Stark, in the midst of all this, sacrifices his future with Pepper and everything. And his child. Well, we'll get there. And gives up his life for everyone. And we know we knew this was going to be the end of Robert Downey Jr.'s story. But honestly, part of me kind of thought that they might still hold on to him. As, like, director of S.H.I.E.L.D. or, like, for cameos or whatever. But I think this is, a, like, if you're going to have him write him out, this is better than kind of the the soft exiting. Where, like, he's, like, a lead role, and then he's, like, a cameo. And then he's, like, a supporting he's, he's, like, supporting role, then he's, like, a cameo. Then he's, like, shows up. Then he's mentioned. Then it's, like, fading out. Like, if you're going to go out with this character and this actor who basically started, kind of kicked this whole franchise off 11 years ago. Because if that Iron Man movie, the first Iron Man movie, didn't work, none of this shit would have happened. Like, we wouldn't mm-hmm. have had any of these movies. Yep. If true. that hadn't resonated with people, and people were like, oh my god, I love this, more of that, please. Uh, and who knew that Iron Man, the Iron Man movie, was going to lead to all of this? I mean, I know I didn't. And nobody my did. dad tried to get me to watch this movie, and You're I'm like, like eh, eh, I don't care. I watched it anyway, but I'm like, whatever. Did you? That was oh, 2009. Yeah. You like I it, no did you like idea. it a little better when I showed it to you the second time? Yeah, but I also knew you, I think it already was. I like it, but I, I feel like other people... I feel like I appreciate it more than I like it. Like, I appreciate what it's 
Robert Downey Jr.'s performance, what it's starting, what it started with all of this. I have lots of issues with that movie itself. But that was the beginning and essentially the end is with Tony Stark. Well, it's also you um, with um, even in Avengers, the first Avengers, he once again sacrificed his life to save people. Which is why... That was one of your... That was one of my points. Like it's like both of their... Both him and Captain America stories were hinting at them sacrificing themselves for everyone. I mean, and I reference this a lot, but Steve Rogers jumping on the grenade when he's like, when he's training in boot camp for the army. When he, before he even has a super soldier serum, he's like, oh my God, I have to save everybody. And he's willing to blow up for it. Uh, But both of their arcs have been pointing towards that. So I think they, Marvel was doing that almost purposefully. I feel like I said this on the conversation with Zach on Winter Soldier, uh, the Winter Soldier episode. Uh, almost so that you didn't know who was going to make it and who was not going to make it. Was it going to be Cap? Was it going to be Iron Man? Was it going to be neither of them? And I, you know, I, well, I also don't think any one of us expected it was me, Black Widow, gone first. No, I, know I didn't. Not no, not necess- No, not really. I mean, until you got to that point, and then we were both like, "Oh, it's between Black Widow and Hawkeye." Black Widow might make more sense at this point. So it's the, the three actors who've been with the franchise the longest are the ones, other than Hemsworth, I guess. Because Hemsworth came on about the same time as Evans. Actually, he has movies first. Right, exactly. Like, like a month, around the same, like, months or something? Uh, like, uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, May, May 2011 and then July, July 2011. I think, yeah. yeah. We've had just started dating. Oh, uh, we did. We didn't see Thor together, though. We saw Captain. We did together. not. Was Captain America the first Avenger, the first movie we yes, saw together is from these and for franchises? Me, in, in a movie theater, yeah. Oh, wow. Aw. So this yeah. is. So I'm glad I bought you the Funko Pop of Captain America so then. This is like our whole relationship. Sort of. That's why this, it was kind series. of important for, for me to see this with you the first time. So Captain uh, Iron Man passes away and dies. Pepper being like, it's okay, you can rest, blah, 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 we'll be fine. What happens after that? Is it the Valkyrie, uh, Thor thing? What are you going to do oh, now? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Thor passes, uh, he doesn't pass away. I know people are like, process? What do you mean? I haven't seen the movie yet. Don't do this to me, Rob. Um, so he passes the mantle of ruler of Asgard to Valkyrie, which I would watch a Valkyrie movie where she's running as new Asgard. That'd be sweet. So what are your, your, Cramsworth is your boy. What was your thought on that? And then we'll get to... The Iron Man resolution and then the... It's just kind of funny that he wants to hang... He ended up leaving to go hang out with the Guardians of the Galaxy, which is why they call it As Guardians of the Galaxy. It's just interesting because, like, I don't Yeah, know. and he references that like by that name. interesting. As Guardians. I mean, maybe, maybe the rabbit, but not. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this. Kai has mixed feelings. And I, I historically listened to episode one, The Fandom Menace, which is my still my favorite episode title I've ever come up with. But listen to that, and I, Freddie's like, Guardians is my favorite movie of the year. And I'm like, really? It's fine, but whatever. Uh, so I have been historically mixed on the Guardians, even though I love Volume 2. Uh, so Kai is very much more mixed on the Guardians, I think. Yeah. But it was Thor in the midst. I think you're like, yeah. it's a different story. So Because he was funny. He my was funny hope, oh, my hope is that we'll get more Valkyrie in a supporting role in an A-Force movie or something. But my hope is that after Guardians 3, we get an As Guardians of the Galaxy movie with Thor, selected members of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and then they kind of mash up the Guardians and Ragnarok worlds into a, its own franchise. And uh, Gamora is missing, by the way. Right. Which, so, which could be a big lead into the third Which Guardians. makes a lot of people wonder, well, is uh, Guardians 3 going to be... 
Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, The Search for Gamora, <laughs> in a kind of the way that Star Trek 3 was The Search for Spock. Because remember, she's Gamora from 2014. She doesn't know these people. Right. Then she doesn't care about them. He's even like, at one point, we forgot about that moment. He's even like, Gamora, oh my God. And she like, needs to kick him in the balls and and uh, twice. And he's like, on the first time you missed it, on the second time you got them both or whatever, which is a funny line. And then she's like, really? This guy? And then he's like, was well, either this guy or a tree? Um, which is a great moment. So yeah, so... Obviously, Volume Two, I was really in love with, so I'm very excited about Volume Three, and curious the about where they're gonna go. Huh? They never brought back the Celestials. Did you want to see Ego show up in that 2014? That would have been kind of cool. I was kind of wondering if they were or gonna have the, Kurt or Russell. that guy, uh, the one from Doctor Strange. I don't remember his name. Oh, Dormammu. Yeah. Come to bargain. Because I thought that was a really good theory you had. Oh, that they were gonna be a part of it. Well, they are more. The Celestials are more a part of it in the Infinity Gauntlet comic. Oh. I, that's where I was coming with. Like, uh-huh, okay. Remember, Dorma Moo's going to show up and be like, I like this game. I love that Thanos. you watch the like, movies and then you read the comics. Yeah. A lot of people do it. I'll watch the movies and then read the books. That's how I work. I, I move, but you know, you choose your avenue. What's your priority? The book or the movie? For me, it's the movie. Me, it's Obviously, the book. I have a podcast, The World of Film from a Fresh Angle. So, uh, so yeah, so very exciting to see what they're going to do with Guardians. I have no idea where they're going next. But I'm even more excited to see what James Gunn is going to do, and I'm so glad he got rehired. I want to say that again because that's exciting. And I think also justified considering the weird situation he was in. So, Okay, can I do the next one? Is this the next? Is This this is the next Iron one. Iron Man's please. funeral first. Oh, right. So okay. then Iron Man's funeral, which is beautiful because the camera, basically that was very much a handheld kind of like, oh, look who's here. Oh, look who's here. It's almost like Joe and Anthony Russo were like the videographers of the funeral. And they're like, look, Captain Marvel made it. And Spider-Man's here. And look, Aunt May. And William Hurt is even here. And the kid from Iron Man 3 who who some people are like, who the hell is that kid? And it's Like me? Yeah, like you. But I knew he was going to be in this because that was announced or confirmed like a That's year a ago. It's a weird like cameo. I'd be like, this kid's going to be in it. It's like, but some people oh. are wondering whether that's indicating that he's going to have a bigger role in this franchise going forward. Like, if he's going to build himself a suit of armor. Because that also, kid was some also... Some people also just like paychecks. Well, it's also that too. Plus, it's a nod to his relationship with Stark and a nice callback to Iron Man 3. and Which was, what, 2014 or something? 2013. That was right after... Oh, my... That what? Was, oh, my God. That was the first movie after The Avengers. Uh, yeah, after The Avengers. Wow. There was a year gap between May 2012 and May 2013. We've been together a long time. I know. We've been through... We got together in phase one, and now it's the end of phase three. We don't even know what phase four is going to bring us or the movies, uh, other than Black Widow and Guardians 3. So I love that moment, and I love the reveal of Nick Fury at the end, kind of overseeing overseeing everything, and Sam Jackson gets a paycheck for like five seconds of non-dialogue. Well, it also goes into Far From Home, where they've been showing him the trailers. Right. So they confirmed that he's alive, and Maria Hill was there. Aunt Robin. Kids, I'm going to tell you a story about when Aunt Robin went to Tony Stark's funeral. So that was a nice tying of the bow and an acknowledgement of the, the the significance that Robert Downey Jr. and Tony Stark have had in this franchise. And you get that great moment with him in her, his, leaving the videos for Morgan, including the I Love You 3000 thing and all that. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to cry again. So... Uh, that I, I, I that was all really well done and very like very heartfelt and I've told you already I know that when I bring my mom who's been on this podcast to this movie in a few days she's gonna be like Niagara Falls Frankie Angel and yes that's a Scrooge reference uh, pretty much this whole time but very much towards the end 
with everything Iron Man and Captain America. Go. So then you go, you follow up with Captain America, and he takes Mew Mew um, to go back to go back in the past to bring back the reality stones. I'm sorry. All the stones. To bring back all the stones. stones. Yeah, not just one. I think I like the reality stone. Maybe that's what it is. On my BuzzFeed quizzes, I always answer reality stone. It's the one I want. I don't know why. Um, You want to live in another reality. So Bruce Banner um, turns it on for him to go, return stones, and then come back. And we have Sam Sam and um, Bucky there. So, and... So Captain America leaves, and then Bruce Banner touches the button, and he's like, and Captain America doesn't come back, and he's like, oh my god. Five seconds. Yeah, five seconds. He's like, five seconds for us, as long as he needs for him, right? Right. Yeah. So he's like, oh no, where did he go? What happened to him? I don't know what happened. He's like, oh, I know. And Bruce Banner says, oh, it's timestamp. He went past his timestamp. And then um, Sam's like, oh my god. And then Bucky's like, hey, wait. And then you see this person, this person sitting on a bench. And I'm thinking, I'm at first thinking, I'm at first thinking that it's the the Steve Rogers before he became um, Captain America, before he became enhanced. Scrawny Steve Rogers? Yeah, like that he maybe regretted being Captain America and all the responsibility and he just wanted to go back to the way he used to be. But, and you, I remember you were saying, oh no. And Sam goes over there and, oh no. Kai's going to cry, guys. This was the, this was a moment for me because he's really crying, guys. It's happening because he is my favorite, and I always oh. and I wanted to have a good ending. And Rob's been torturing me. I was gonna I was, for like weeks now. I was gonna joke proof that proof that Kyanis has a heart because that's a reference to the Stark thing, which is in the first movie, which is in his funeral thing. And Rob's been torturing me all the last couple oh, of weeks, right, being right. like, "Yeah, it's gonna be epic because Kevin Merrick's gonna die. Oh, he's gonna be dead, and just trying to just." Well, I tor- mean, tor- in my defense, me. he could have died. Right, I know. I was between the two of them, so um, you go- so Sam goes over to Steve, and he's old because his timestamp meant he went and went back in time to get married to Peggy, and they had their dance. They got married, and I guess had kids, and had a whole life together. Yeah, he, yeah, he took Captain, he took Iron Man's advice, and he had he got a life, and he, so he was like, "Oh, how was it?" He's like, "It was beautiful." And and he's like, do you want to tell me about the girl? Because he saw the ring. And he's like, no, I don't. And the end of the movie, and it it ends with the movie with him and Peggy dancing. Well, he brings something for Sam, don't forget. Right. Oh, right, right. He brings Sam back the um, shield. Captain American shield, and he gives Falcon the shield. You're you're welcome, world. Zach and I called that a while ago. for me, like, it was the best ending that that Captain America could have possibly gotten. Like, it was what he deserved. So, it's a little bit of the up thing where the greatest adventure was the life that he shared with Peggy. You know, that was really all this crazy stuff. He's fighting aliens and and dealing with all this crazy. St- really, the only adventure he really wanted was a normal life. That's what he wanted from the beginning of the franchise. When we met him, he fell in love with Peggy, and he never got to pursue that because he got caught up in his avenging, as Linda Cardellini called it at one point. Um, so yeah, so he got to do, he got to live that. And then the last shot is... He had the best of both said, worlds. He got to be Captain America and he got to be with Peggy. Right. And it's like, it's perfect. It's and a good it, ending for his story. It was. Which some people theorize that that might happen, but it was still, that doesn't make, that makes it no no less sweeter that that ended up being the way that it ended up going for, for Cap. 
And them both dying and sacrificing themselves would have been repetitive. So Captain uh, Iron Man sacrificing himself for half the universe made his life worth it. And Captain America, who already sacrificed his entire existence to fighting the forces of evil and all that, finally getting his reward by getting to settle down and live his life and have a family and be with the woman that he's loved and pined for for decades. I guess, well, I guess he was frozen for a lot of that time, too, but... um, yeah, it was a it was a nice it was a good ending, and in a way, part of me is like, well, you never know, they could bring one of these back with an alternative reality or timeline or whatever. But I kind of hope they don't mess with it because it was this. You're not going to get a better ending for those two characters than this. No. You know, and there's a lot of, as that all the the whole last hour of the movie established. There's so many of these heroes that can keep this thing alive. Um, I wonder in what context we're going to see Anthony Mackie play Captain America. Like, are we going to see that in a in some team up movie, are we gonna? Are they gonna do like a, a new Avengers movie with him? Because there's a comic book run called the New Avengers, with with um, you know maybe him leading it with Black Panther and Captain Marvel and whatever. Like, how's that gonna work? I wonder. To close the book on this movie, and then we'll do a brief. What do we want to see next for this franchise before we end? It? This is a long conversation. This is like almost a Matrix length conversation, but. I think we were it fooling. It actually was three hours. <laughs> I think we were fooling ourselves and thinking we were going to get this conversation done in roughly an hour, because there's so much to talk about and, and cry about and get emotional about. Because, oh, God, guys, this movie's so good. I'm so excited to go see it again, as I've said a few times. But any other thoughts on this movie? It's pretty much everything you could have hoped for from one of these, from this movie, from this story at this point. Where if it's a, if this is a conclusion for the main six heroes. Hulk has finally come to peace with himself and, you know, becomes smart Hulk, I guess. Um, Hawkeye gets his family back and gets to settle down in his way. Uh, Black Widow sacrifices herself. Iron Man sacrifices himself. Thor gets to finally pursue his own path, not feeling like he's bound by the path of his father or his people or anything. And Captain America finally gets that dance with Peggy that they've been hinting at. Literally every movie that Captain America appears in, they reference Peggy Carter and the lost love that he never got to pursue. I, that's a pretty good ending for these six characters. If we never see any of these six characters again, that, that's a, just about as perfect a resolution to this Thanos story or to each of those six individual journeys that I think we can hope for. I know. It was. Like They really, they really um, undid it. Nicely. It's pretty impressive. It's pretty reassuring. If this movie becomes the highest grossing movie of all time, considering the broad appeal of superheroes and the epic adventure and sci-fi and all the crazy stuff that happens in this movie, but also the emotional stakes and how like how, how rewarding it is to longtime fans and devotees of this kind of thing, I'm, I'm kind of fine with this being... Even though I love Star Wars and I like Force Awakens being the highest grossing North American movie, of course not adjusted for inflation, uh, I'm kind of fine with this being that too because it, it does provide that sense of closure for, in some senses for, for those characters. Anything... What do you want to see? Now we know, we know what's coming next. Black Widow, prequel, obviously. Guardians 3, The Eternals... Doctor Strange, Black Panther sequel, Spider-Man Far From Home in a few months. This is the Asian, Asian, Asian And Shang-Chi. I forgot about that. Thank you. What do you want to... What do you want... To, after this movie, what do you want to see happen for, I guess, any of these characters? Go. No, I don't like my answer. Don't I don't care? know. I'm still not, like, totally bought into the remaining... Oh, oh you're not You're not bought into Spider-Man? No. 
You're not bought into Captain He's Marvel? Funny, but don't forget. Wait, there's been like two other Spider-Mans. You're not bought into Captain Three, Marvel? Really. Yeah, she's cool. I just, I don't like, I don't love these characters yet. I kind of think that part of why you feel that way is because you feel like you've kind of only just, you've only just been really introduced to these characters. You've only just recently met Captain Marvel and Black Panther. I feel like if either of those, obviously, Doctor Strange, honestly, even any of them, all of them only have one movie out. I, I kind of, I felt a little bit like that with Captain America until Winter Soldier. Like, the sequels are what, for me, cemented, okay, now, I, like I've said this many times on this podcast, the se- including the pre-end game episode that I just recently did, the sequels in these superhero movies are the ones that really cement what it feel, what it's like to live in that world with that character. The origin story, the first one is usually like, who is this person? And where did they get this? What's their situation? And then you spend a whole movie just establishing their situation. And I feel like if you had seen Captain Marvel 2 or Black Panther 2 or Doctor Strange 2, maybe you would feel a little bit differently. It's possible. Yeah. So maybe that's, maybe Phase 4 will be, I don't think we're going to get another team up like an Avengers movie for a while. Like at least for Phase 4, I feel like it's going to be Black Widow, Guardians 3, The Eternals, Shang-Chi, probably Captain Marvel 2, probably Black Panther 2, maybe Doctor Strange 2. Oh, no, Doctor Strange 2, I think. I'm actually surprised you're having another Spider-Man when Doctor Strange was now 2016. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I hope to see... uh, The word is that they're not doing a lot of these team-ups anymore going forward because you're never going to get a story as big in scope as this one. Probably ever. Or at least for a long, long time. So I think they're going to scale it back and not have another team-up movie for a, a nice long while. And I think that they've earned that. They've done a lot of these crossover team of things, and this being the obviously the biggest in terms of stakes and cast. And uh, according to Wikipedia, I think it saw it looked it said like the estimated budget's like three hundred fifty to four hundred million for this movie, which is probably making this weekend. So it'll do just fine. But would you? How do you feel about them taking a break from team ups and just doing solo stuff for a little while before bringing together another team? I mean, I guess it's okay, but I get, I do get excited about the team ups. Yeah, well, the Avengers I, movies are some of the best ones I, they've come up with. Not the second one. Well, even Civil War, which That's was supposed Avengers to be a Captain movie. America movie, that was an Avengers movie. Kind of was. Let's yeah. get real. Pretty much. Like that scene on the tarmac. So I think it makes sense for them to pump the brakes after this huge two part epic. Um, develop their newer lead characters, Spider-Man, which I, I wrote an article for Screen Rant a million years ago, which are probably going to be the lead, the new heads of the, the MCU are probably going to be Spider-Man, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, and Black Panther. Develop them a little bit more and solidify their place and introduce a few new elements like Chang chi like the Eternals, and wait a little before they re... They re- form a new team before they bring Fantastic Four and X-Men into it because then it's really going to be convoluted again. So, I th- But I think within the next probably five years we'll get an Avengers versus X-Men movie. Oh, wow. Which is That'd a comic. That would be fun. Which is a comic. Of course and, it is. And there's an AVX comic. That would be fun. So I'm and sure of course we'll get Deadpool that in there too. Well, Deadpool the only part of the X-Men universe that they're supposedly not rebooting whatsoever. Like Dark Phoenix which, we, which you know is coming out in a couple months and everybody's like this is going to be a real mess. Uh, I'm still looking forward to seeing it. I, it probably will be a real mess, but I'm still kind of excited to see it because I love the X-Men movies. Uh, and New Mutants, who knows what's ever going to happen with that. If we'll even see oh, that. That was ever. a trailer like a year ago. Like two years ago. 2017, that was a trailer. 
Movie still hasn't come out. Keeps getting pushed, 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 pushed. With, push, with push. Uh, Sophie Turner's buddy, right? Macy Williams, Macy Williams, yeah. And Anya Taylor Joy from Glass and Split and The Witch. So this movie's been on like perpetual hold. Uh, that's going to be the end of the X Men franchise. So they're going to reboot them at some point. Other than Deadpool, and I'm sure Ryan Reynolds will get a lot of good material out of it. Like, hey, you look totally different than the last time we met. That, that kind of thing going forward. So it's an interesting. It's an interesting crossroads that the MCU finds itself in right now and that we're closing out this big era and trying to create a new one I guess from the remaining pieces yeah we'll see what happens we'll see what happens probably nothing else this year though except Spider-Man no 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 no, not anymore but they haven't announced anything so we'll see I'm assuming at San Diego Comic Con in July no this year oh this year oh which is after Spider-Man. A few weeks after Spider-Man, I think they'll be like, hey, guess what? Kevin, Kevin Feige will show up at, M- at, at SDCC and be like, pull out his giant MCU dick and throw it on the table and be like, here's the next five years of your lives, bitches. Like, and, we'll be and, there. And be, well, of course we'll be there. I mean, but listen, here's the thing. You, you know, we talk all the time about like, oh, these big franchises and this Disney owns so much of things. And I'm like... But when the storytelling, when it when it works this well, when it's this good, what am I going to do? Not support it? I mean, don't make sh- make crap, make shitty mu- movies, Disney, and then I won't have to watch them. I don't know. But how do you know it's bad until you That's see? That's true. But I'm going to see it a second time already. And I honestly, I'll probably run and see it one more time. Because even it's gone. though Dark Phoenix possibly might be bad, you're going to see it anyway. But that wasn't a Disney movie until recently. You saw Venom. I did. In That's fact, aren't you going to buy it? Yeah, because I'm a completist. I need to do a whole bonus right. episode about why I buy. I, right. I have to, as I like to point out to to mention all the time to make fun of myself. I own the Squeakquel, so of course I'm going to get Venom and, and a lot of these other movies that are not that great. Just because I, well, I have to. I have Amazing Spider-Man Two, which I found for like four dollars at a Walgreens a few years ago. If you remember, on DVD. But I, do. I have a very low bar for. When I'm part of a franchise. Unless it's Batman and Robin, and then you don't even come in this house. That's true. I That's where I draw the line. Because I, well, because I, well partially because I'm obsessed with trilogies, and I think Batman Forever is a decent trilogy closer to the other two, where he, like, brings Robin in and then it ends. Before it gets really annoying. And I like that the fact that the MCU has that line in the sand. Yeah, Iron Man, you get three movies, then you'll be in other people's movies, then we kill you. Captain America, you're in three movies. Then you'd be in other movies. And then, that's it. You, you're dead. You're old now. You're like 95 years old. You're going to pass away while Anthony Mackie like, scatters your ashes into the lake while he picks up your shield and hangs out. Uh, so I'm hoping that... That's why I'm really hoping for an Asgardians of the Galaxy or some version of that and not a Thor 4, which has apparently some... Ver- and then Tessa Thompson, I think, or whatever, said Thor, another Thor, whatever that means. I don't think it's Thor 4. I think it's a movie with Thor in a prominent role. Probably involving some of the other cosmic people, but you know, at this point, do a do a whatever cosmic thing you can do. Bring in Howard the Duck, and it's all good. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm down for it. So, I think we both recommend Endgame. We talked so long about it. Very excited to hear what everybody thinks. Reach out to me on Twitter at Crooked Table. Kai, any closing thoughts? She's about to I'm fall shook. asleep, guy. She's yeah, either gonna I'm, cry I'm, or I'm, fall asleep. I'm, I can't tell. I'm, I'm, both. Still, I'm still shook. You're still shook. Still shook. I cried, guys. On, like, on, on air. The podcast. On the yeah. podcast. You, you got me. Um, but yeah, you can reach me at, at the Volky LLC on Twitter. You can also find my, my videos on Be Bold hyphen Be Brave. 
Dakar. Yeah, uh, definitely support Kai. Obviously, as her husband, I'm legally bound to, to say that you have to do that. So uh, hopefully this was entertaining, long conversation about Endgame and kind of our thoughts running through the whole movie and the plot and everything. Love to hear what you guys all think. I'm sure it's going to make a bazillion dollars and uh, we'll see what happens with the MCU going forward um, with Spider-Man in July and then beyond. So anything to say? Roll credits. Nice call back, Kai. Endgame, bringing it full circle. If you're interested in joining me on the show to chat about one of your favorite films, head on over to crookedtable.com slash guest. Or you can consider supporting the show at patreon.com slash crookedtable. Of course, you can always find more podcasts, reviews, videos, and other movie-related goodies over at crookedtable.com. Until next time, this has been the Crooked Table Podcast, and I've been Rob. This has been a production of crookedtable.com. All rights reserved. Z-R-O-O-K-E-D. <laughs> 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 <laughs>